Hello and welcome to Cody and Corbin have a podcast, the show where two former roommates and they were talk roommates. about a new movie every week. But this week on the show, we're talking movie, TV, and pop culture trivia. Cody and I are facing off in the ultimate battle between cap hosts. I'm your host, Corbin Zavokal, and of course, my mortal enemy today is my co-host, Cody Webb. Cody, I would say you almost like movie trivia more than you like movies. Would you agree with that? <laughs> Yeah, maybe a little bit. I'm a, a big time trivia guy. And uh, yeah, movie trivia, I think. Uh, yeah, and we're doing some TV as well today, too, obviously. But I think that's something I, I definitely enjoy a lot. So definitely be a great episode. Excited to be here, man. And also returning from last week is my lovely girlfriend, Mina Naki. She's here to kind of serve as a little bit of a producer, ask some questions. To further explain what we're doing is we've got five categories and we each wrote five questions in those five categories. But we also opened it up to some of our friends, some of our fans to submit some questions. So we got a couple of those that at the end of each category, we'll ask one of those questions. And then also we have a fun little like rotten tomato meter question um, that we'll also be throwing in. So total, there's going to be 35 possible points. It's, and it's a good mix of stuff we wrote for each other, stuff that's written for both of us. And um, I think it'll be a good test. So to get into the categories, the first one uh, I'm calling Spookytober because it is October and it is spooky season. So basically any questions themed around horror movies, horror TV, you know, that type of thing, scary stuff. Secondary category is going to be 21st Century Awards. So just any awards show, any award winners post 2000. Then this third one is a fun one, something called movie title mashups or movie mashups. Um, it's based on this idea that I got from another podcast called the film talk podcast which if you guys are familiar with like the lumberland people on tiktok that they all kind of broke up but some of them have come and started there it's a lot of drama i'm sure if you're on tiktok you might know about it but a couple of those guys started a podcast and they had this idea um we'll explain further but basically you put two movie titles together and give a description try and guess what it is fourth category is cap pod movies so just any movie we've ever done an episode on the pod about questions about those and then the last category is just miscellaneous anything we wanted to make so Cody do you think your questions are going to be pretty tough or yeah I think maybe I'm a little bit in the middle I think um depending on the category I did make it a little bit tougher and the last time we did do trivia we faced off against uh Padres Jackson and Carter it seemed like our questions you know weren't exactly the hardest so I may have made it a little bit harder I think for each category, I probably did like oh, a couple, you know, medium ones and a couple hard ones. So we'll see how it goes. I feel like you probably won't know most of this crap. <laughs> you know, we, like you said, we, we did the battle of the podcast with our, with our compadres over at the rough cut retrospective. Uh, they will turn up further in this episode with some of these questions submitted, but I agree. We, we, we went too easy on them. They had the easy questions. That's the only reason they won. I think I probably went a little too easy on you today. So I'm going to hedge myself <laughs> a little bit and say, I have confidence that you might pull this out, but we do have the, the fan submitted questions and the other stuff that Mina has for us. Mina, do you feel confident that we're going to be able to go 10 for 10 on your questions? On my questions? I think you guys will do pretty well. Okay. Well, uh, why don't we go ahead and get into it? And the one thing I want to say before we start is that the winner of this gets oh, yeah. a little prize. So Cody, you want to tell the people about that? It's a great little prize we, we just came up with for the pod. So basically, the idea is the loser, uh, the winner, 
would then give them a topic to do, uh, I guess like a, we could set like a half hour or more of just a solo podcast. So kind of making them maybe talk about something they wouldn't really like doing. I like that a lot. I think it's a lot of fun and uh, something to play for. So, yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure whatever the uh, winner picks will be uh, good content. Let's get into our uh, first set of questions, which is going to be our uh, spooktober questions. Cody, uh, I figured to decide who goes first, we're, we're such lovers of the blockbuster movie game. It's basically a staple of the podcast. <laughs> I figure I'll, I'll draw one of the head-to-head cards. We'll just have a little fun, go back mm-hmm. and forth, and then the winner can uh, decide who goes first. Sweet. Let's do it. Movies with a baby, and I'll, I'll let you start. <laughs> uh, boss Baby. The Hangover. <laughs> uh, three Men and a Baby. Damn it. That's what I was going to say. Uh um... What's the t- uh, the Tina Fey baby mom? <laughs> uh, Daddy Daycare. There's baby uh, that, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, Mina. Mina, she's the judge here as well, so she says <laughs> yes. Uh, movies with a baby. Movies with a baby. Uh oh, Ghostbusters two. <laughs> Rosemary's baby. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna have to tap out. This is not baby driver. <laughs> Not both. That's a person named Baby. I don't know if that's quite the same thing. But all right, Cody, do you want me to ask the first question, or do you want to take the first question? Um, I'll probably ask the first question and preface right. this category as well. Spook October, as you called it. I'm a, I I kind of like Spooktober better. Not gonna lie, but um, this is probably my my weakest category. I would say I'm not the strongest in horror. So I'll start it off and, and let you go. My first question, and this is a snowball or softball, whatever you call it get it started here but uh in the critically acclaimed film get out what does the housekeeper georgina keep doing to chris's belongings in their room all day and uh as well i think we're doing half or multiple choice so i'll give you multiple choice on this one Is she it keeps a? on plugging his phone <laughs> can i read the options dude or? yeah yeah go uh, ahead. <laughs> no i'm joking yeah no that's correct the, the option a was unplug his phone b was put his clothes on C was spill water on his phone or D touches girlfriend's stuffed animals. Uh, some good options there, but yeah, you are correct. She keeps on plugging this phone, but yeah. I just wanted to Great like set the, out, yeah. set the tone early that I'm, I'm a, I'm an academic weapon coming hot. <laughs> I'll wait for you to read uh, any choices moving forward, but I just, I just wanted to, you know, assert my dominance with that first one. Oh, you got to set the tone. Early. I respect it. <laughs> My question for you, which is also multiple choice, outside of Doctor Strange, because I don't personally think it's a horror movie, outside of Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, what is the highest grossing horror film of all time? And the choices are The Sixth Sense, Jaws, It, Ghostbusters. Hmm. It's interesting. Oh, Ghostbusters is crazy horror, right? That's more comedy. Um, This is a tough one. I mean, it's kind of a, a battle of the decades, money-wise. I feel like Jaws probably made a lot of money. I feel like it. I feel like it's the answer for some reason. Someone go with it. Recency bias. It is it. That, that's good thinking there. I try. I did just pick the next three highest grossing, so they all do okay. have. Um, it is in the order. It goes it, Sixth Sense, Jaws, then Ghostbusters. I'll take that. That was a good guess to start off. We like that. <laughs> all right, my second question for you. We're going into a whole different decade here. The 1986 classic, The Fly. I don't know if you're familiar with this film. But of course, 
uh, follows a scientific experiment gone wrong and eventually leads to the turn of this scientist into sort of uh, this mutant bug thing. Uh, basically, the question is pretty simple. Who stars as the scientist Seth Brundle? Is it uh, A, Crispin Glover, B, Kevin Costner, C, Jeff Goldblum, or D, Harrison Ford? I know it stars Jeff Goldblum. So it was on my uh, list to watch before the 80s movie draft. I didn't get to it, unfortunately. I've heard it, it makes you look at Jeff Goldblum a little differently. So, you know, maybe I don't want to tarnish yeah. that image. <laughs> True. You don't want to ruin the classic Goldblum. But uh, I actually would recommend it. The, the practical effects alone are, are pretty wild, especially for the time. So good film, but yeah. In The Shining, what TV oh, show yeah. is Jack Nicholson referencing when he bursts through the door? And he says his iconic line. I'm not going to say it. Yeah, I know the line. There's no multiple choice this one. Shit. No multiple choice. <laughs> well, obviously he says, uh, here's Johnny. He said it's a reference to a TV show. I don't know. Um... Shit, poor TV shows in the 70s. Here's Johnny. Oh, is it? Well, no, it's not really a TV show. I was thinking Johnny Five, short circuit. So it's not really a TV show. Um, Go with the classic MASH. That's got to be a reference, right? So we're going to say you didn't get it, but I'm going to give you a hint to see if you can think not TV show in like the scripted sense, but in the mm. maybe late night sense. <laughs> oh, Johnny Carson? Yeah. Like yeah. Show? Is is a reference to the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson? So mm, I would have never gotten that. That that is probably a very obvious reference, but I don't know. So <laughs> good question. I actually do not know that. All right, first L there. Here's where the questions start getting fun. I think, and a lot of these are kind of just like personalized to me, and just stuff that I would know. And I kind of just want to know if you would know it. Moving into the, the television realm here, in the season seven premiere of The Walking Dead. Um, it's the iconic episode, obviously, mm. where fan favorite character Glenn ah. famously killed off by Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Um, what I want to know, however, is I, there was actually another character who got smacked in the head with a baseball bat, very forgettably, because Glenn was the first one. And I want to tell you, and I want you to tell me who that character is. And I do have multiple choice for you. That's good because I don't. <laughs> I only know Rick yeah. and Carl. <laughs> Well, they both are on the list. Is it Rick, Carl, Morgan, Dwight, Abraham, Dale, or Jesus? It was a guy. Spoiler alert. <laughs> well, again, Rick and Carl are the only two names that I'm familiar with. Uh, I think I watched the first maybe three seasons of The Walking Dead. What's the name of Jeffrey Dean Morgan's character? Uh, uh, Negan. Negan, yes, of course. Yeah. Very, very villainous person is you see interestingly you said abraham and jesus so there's two biblical type references there i don't i mean unless maybe this dude's name is jesus but <laughs> do, no. did they really smack jesus over the head with the baseball bat i don't know um i don't think it's dwight so i'm gonna go abraham yeah that is the correct uh yeah good guess there shout out abraham didn't really deserve it he's got a sick handlebar mustache but, uh, yeah, this is the episode I basically stopped watching the show. It got really <laughs> shitty. But, uh, Jonathan Walking Dead Season 7, classic episode. I'm looking up this dude, and um, I don't know if I've ever seen him in my entire life. But Oh, he's, he's a good-looking dude. When you pull up his picture, you'll be very excited. Michael Cudlitz. 
Yeah, Shout out is. Long Island's very own Michael Cudlitz. <laughs> In the opening scene of Scream, who was murdered? Uh, Drew Barrymore. <laughs> there you go. There you go, Cody. You're coming back. I've seen that movie before. Well, I've all seen The Shining or whatever. I haven't seen the Johnny Carson yet. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good question, though. Got to throw some yeah, easy was... ones at you. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate it. I'll, I'll take every gimme. Um, my fourth question for you. Multiple choice is finally gone in this category. We're going again this season, another classic season. In uh, season one of Stranger Things, uh, there are a bunch of portals introduced to get between the upside down and our dimension. But I'm looking for the location of a specific portal that Jonathan and uh, Nancy go into. So where is the portal they go into while they're looking for Barb and Will? Um, the only thing I can think of is I know it's been a while since I watched season one of Stranger Things. I would say probably four years, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know there's Barb like disappears near the pool. And if I vaguely remember there being a portal in the like drained pool. So I'm going to say the pool is where they go. The pool. That was unfortunately incorrect. <laughs> we're, looking, we're looking for a tree. It just pops up in a tree. It's like right behind you. their backyard, isn't it? Or something? Yeah. Tree. yeah. They go into the woods, yeah, and then like Nancy crawls into this tree. And then Jonathan falls her. But uh, yeah, you're on the right track. Close but no cigar, bud. Yeah, I should have known that. I was thinking tree, but then I was like, that's kind of too obvious. <laughs> yeah, it is. That's your first miss, right? Wow. Hey. Big time. Yeah. You know, you don't hit every shot. Nobody shoots 100%. Which of these Halloween sequels is not a real sequel? Is it Halloween Kills? Halloween Resurrection? Halloween The Final Chapter? Halloween The Revenge of Mike Myers? Halloween The Return of Mike Myers? Interesting. Well, I believe uh, it's probably one of the last ones. That wouldn't make any sense why they would have both of those. And I definitely heard of like resurrection. Halloween kills is definitely one too. Um the return of Mike Myers or the revenge of Mike Myers. I feel like the return is one of them. So I'm gonna say the revenge of Mike Myers is not one of the sequels. Unfortunately, both of those are <laughs> titles of the Halloween are franchise. Also, Halloween The uh-huh. Curse of Mike Myers is a movie. <laughs> um so they they really uh got them all the one that is not one of the movies is halloween the final chapter there's never been a final chapter of halloween. Oh, but i stole that movie from uh <clears throat> friday the 13th there's a friday the 13th the final chapter wow. funnily enough sneaky they, options uh, i like it they made another movie after that <laughs> <laughs> of course they did but uh yeah that was kind of the one i skipped over in the options i didn't really take it seriously <laughs> That stuff, but uh, damn, Mike Myers is getting all the revenge out of you, and uh, the he returning as well. So, and he's cursing, kind of wild. Did you know the third Halloween movie is called Season of the Witch? <laughs> I think I did know that. I think like the Halloween movies just have like really weird sequels, and I think Season of the Witch is, is the particular one too that's that's really strange plot wise. The no, that was a good question. Like I said, that's definitely like not much strong suit like you could ask those kind of questions all day and i'd probably miss it counting counting the one coming out this year there's 13 halloween movies cody 
Well, you know, not too surprising. I forgot about some of the sequels, but <laughs> that is wild. They just pumped those things out like crazy. Moving on to my final question here in the Spooktober category. We're moving on to another just critically acclaimed. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this X-Men spitoff. It's called New Mutants. Classic. It does famously start. <laughs> yeah. Great film. It does famously start Annie Taylor-Joy, obviously, um, alongside a... Stranger a Things' cat. very own. Who? Annie Taylor-Joy? <laughs> hey, no, no spoilers. The, uh... But, uh... <laughs> oh, okay. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Who else starts alongside uh, Annie Taylor-Joy? And the hint is, it's a Game of Thrones actress and a Stranger Things actor. There's no options. It's uh, Maisie Williams and mm-hmm. Jonathan from Stranger Things, whatever his name is. <laughs> He's a British dude. He has a child. He dates uh, the girl from Stranger Things. I, I can't think of his name, though. Jonathan. He, He's Natalie Dyer. Yeah, yeah Natalia Dyer. His name is... I think I should just get a half point here because um, I'm not going to guess his name. <laughs> you don't know his name? Wow. Um, he plays the uh, mutant cannonball. Oh, well, I'm familiar. I've seen the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I had. Who plays the bear? I don't even know. It's not Maybe Williams, is it? Somebody else. No. <laughs> Charlie Heaton. Charlie Heaton and Maisie Williams. Maisie Williams plays Wolf Spain. Correct. So. Yeah. I had that down too. I just didn't say it. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you missed out on that 2020 film, uh, go check it out. To, Instant I classic. Watch it. Rent it for three ninety nine on Amazon Prime. True. I think Taylor Joy plays uh, magic as well. Kind of just yeah. some some oddball mutant choices. I do like Cannonball. I think the effects are kind of fun on that, I guess. But uh, they kind of lost me as a bear. So yeah. Yeah, that movie Nothing is not. Stuff. I don't know. Weird. Now, I believe you went what three for five there. So pretty good start for you in, in Spooktober. Not too bad. Well, I guess we can give you 3.5. Three and a half. Give me the three and a half. It might be important. There you go. It it definitely will. (laughs) (laughs) You got one question left, and it's actually another Halloween-themed question. Who is the Mike Myers mask a mask of? Who's the Mike Myers mask? The famous actor from the time period. The mask was painted white. And stuck on him as mm-hmm. Mike Myers. Uh, it's someone that you might feel a connection to more than other people, more than the average person. I was going to say Nixon, but that <laughs> doesn't really. <laughs> no, exactly, Kevin. Like, yeah. You're a big Richard Nixon guy, right? Uh, that is a good Nixon guess. Guy, but not the best president. It kind of does look like him. Um, I would be connected to from like the 70s or 80s. Something like Star Trek. Is it uh, William Shatner? It kind of looks like that. Not really. I'm going to guess William Shatner. <laughs> Nothing else. Cody, what, a, what a poll. It is William Shatner. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's a straight up guess right there. I'll take that. <laughs> huge, Shout huge out Nixon, get. But... I oh, gave that you... was big. Gave you a little help there, but I think I think you deserve it. So the score is three to three and a half as we now move over to the, uh, the first fan question. Mina, what do you got for us? So keeping with Spooktober, and I just Googled it, this movie is considered a horror disaster movie. 
from Aiden Cotter. How many shark NATO movies are there? <laughs> Ooh. There, there's multiple choice. Do you do you want multiple oh, yeah. choice? Oh yeah. All right, three, four, five. Wait for it. Six. <laughs> Very helpful. I feel like they have made. I feel like they have made a lot. Not to show my cards too much. When um, do you think the first Sharknado movie came out? <laughs> I mean, I saw help. it. It was probably like 20... Wow, I don't know, 2014, 2015. This was a long time ago. That's what I was maybe thinking. Earlier. I feel like middle school, maybe. But I don't think, like, I don't think it's six. Like, I don't think there's that many Sharknado movies, personally. Just thinking out loud here. Um, I'm leaning more four or five. And I think I'm gonna go with four. I, I they have made a shit ton. I know that. I think I'm gonna go with five. I wouldn't be surprised if it's six though, but I'm gonna go with five. You guys locked in? Yes. Yep. You're both wrong. It's Damn. six. I know. There's dude. technically seven, but I decided to not count it because it's like a movie about them talking about Sharknado's success. So Uh-oh. it's not really like Sharknado <laughs> movies. Um, <laughs> so there were there are six Sharknado movies. There was one made every year, 2013 to 2018. They were grinding us out. Hey, shout out to shout out to Aiden. Great question. Some of us shit. <laughs> Better or worse than uh, Jaws two, Cody? It's like Jaws three D. You're just a heart. Shark hater. The Meg is is the best shark movie though. Um, Jason Statham. Camino. What's the two Rotten Tomato movies? I'm sticking with horror as well. <clears throat> All of the movies for Rotten Tomato will be classic horror films. So like the original of them for all of them. First two are the original Friday the Thirteenth and the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which one is higher on Rotten Tomatoes? Cody, what are you thinking? <laughs> I'm probably going to take Friday the 13th. I am going to do the same. You know, the thing about a lot of horror movies is I feel like maybe sometimes they're critically panned at first and maybe they, they get a little bit of a cult following. Thinking purely based on which one had more sequels, Friday the 13th, obviously there's been a ton of Texas Chainsaw Massacre remakes and movies as well, but I'm going to go Friday the 13th as well. Oh, for two, boys. Well, Friday the 13th got a 63, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre had an 88. Wow. Wow. 88 from Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's big time. I would guess that in a million years. I think maybe you are kind of right, Corbin. So I was kind of thinking, like, a bunch of the original horrors would be higher than, like, all their sequels on, on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, which is that not true of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but not really Friday the 13th. That is actually really interesting. I, I would not have guessed that many times if you had asked us about the uh 2022 texas chainsaw massacre that would have been uh easy because i think that probably has like a 10 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> gonna, gonna pull it up real quick 31 percent. so you know not terrible <laughs> wow that was a good one did you check that one out no <laughs> <laughs> netflix movie probably a good choice yeah probably yeah, all right, moving on to our next category. The score has not changed. It's three to three and a half. Uh, <laughs> uh, my lead. Next category is 21st Century Awards. 
I, you started that time, so I'll start. Which one of these people is the furthest from completing the much sought after EGOT? Is it Eminem, Al Pacino, Hugh Jackman, Jamie Foxx, or Kate Winslet? And again, we're looking for the person the farthest. So basically, who has the fewest of those four awards? Uh, this is a great question. Um, you should be done with options again for me. Eminem, I'm pretty sure it's clear, but Al Pacino, Hugh Jackman, Jamie Foxx, Kate Winslet. Well, Hugh Jackman sings as well. So, <laughs> so the EGOT, I've never really fully understood it. So it's what an Oscar, Emmy, a Grammy, and a Tony. It? Is the T and a Tony? Okay, well that's that's big for Hugh Jackman there because he probably has a Tony. Kate Winslet, I don't think he has. A, I'm I'm really thinking between Kate Winslet and Al Pacino. Could be off in that. I don't know what theater Al Pacino has done. Um, he's got an Oscar. Does he have an Emmy? Probably not. Does he have a Grammy? <laughs> I mean, I would fucking hope not, but it's possible. Kate Winslet probably has an Oscar too. She's I will probably, say none of the, none somewhere. of these people have an EGOT. It's just who is the furthest from getting it. Who's farthest away? Yeah. Well, I mean, like Eminem, and Jamie Fox, they like act and sing, so I, I feel like they have a chance of like being both of. And I know Eminem like won an Oscar. Yeah, and Jamie Fox won one for for Ray too. So they probably won Grammys. They're good artists. Um, I'm gonna go with Al Pacino because I don't think he's been any theater. But maybe, maybe has Kate Winslet not won an Oscar? I think she has. I'm going to go with Pacino, whatever. I, I kind of tricked you a little bit. The answer was Jamie Foxx. So uh, to go through. What? He's got an Oscar, doesn't he? Yeah, but so Eminem only needs a Tony to complete the EGOT. Uh, Al Pacino mm-hmm. needs a Grammy. Hugh Jackman needs an Oscar. Jamie Foxx needs an Emmy and a Tony. Kate Winslet just needs a Tony. So Jamie Foxx is two out of four. Um, when did think, Kate Winslet win a uh, Yeah, I don't have all these pulled up. I, I could do the research for you, but I don't really care. I think in this group, Hugh Jackman, he's got a pretty good shot. I feel like all he, he's the cl- of those people, I think I would put my money on Hugh Jackman getting there before the rest of them. Kate Winslet getting a Tony. If, if she does theater, she could definitely do it. Yeah, I can't believe uh, fucking Pacino has a Tony. That's wild. I would never guess that. Kate Winslet uh, won the Grammy Award for Spoken Word Album for Children in 2000. Yeah, you're full of shit. <laughs> That's where I quit the show. <laughs> and uh, Al Pacino won the Tony in 1977. He won oh. lead actor in a play. In 1969, he won lead actor or featured actor in a play. In 2011, he won lead actor in a play. So three-time Tony Award winner. Well, I should have known more about it. Uh, my boy Al's, uh, you know, theater career. Not yet. Not putting the respect on Al's name like that, dude. You, Not didn't think he, you didn't think he was capable of, you know, dishing it out on the stage? He's got three. I guessed him. He's got three. <laughs> I guessed him. But uh, I do agree. Q, he's due for an Oscar. Uh, I've talked about that multiple times. But, yeah, that's a great question. Props to you there. Great writing. If I had put Donald Glover instead of Jamie Foxx, would you have gotten it? Probably not, no. Because he's also two away. He needs a, I a Tony and an Oscar. 
yeah, that makes sense. He could get an Oscar too, I think. He's great in uh, The Martian. But uh, my first question, we're throwing it over to the Emmys right away. Uh, how many Emmys did Brian Cranston win for his performance as Walter White in Breaking Bad? I'm just looking for the total number. I can give you multiple choices if you want, but that's not going to Um, Well, I mean, the what, six seasons, right? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't remember. It's either five or six. I thought it was five. I know there's six of Better Call Saul. Um, regardless, I don't think he won it every year, but I would say he won a couple. I, I think it's more than one. So I'm just going to guess. There, it is five seasons. Five it's seasons. Five okay. Seasons. That's good. Exactly. I'll say three. You're say three? <laughs> it's four. He almost swept the entire series. He's off. I believe, I think it was season one or two. I think it was season one. He did not win for. Um, but yeah, I mean, that guy is just an absolute unit. If I'm being completely honest. And uh, probably should have gotten five out of five. But yeah, that's right there, bud. Yeah, I should have. I should, again, I shouldn't have downed, downed the Cranston. <laughs> How many, how many Emmys did he win for Malcolm in the Middle? That's a better question, Cody, because it should have been at least 10. I believe he was he was snubbed for 10, but uh, <laughs> I don't think he won any. <sighs> Unfortunate. Since the year 2000, Cody, which one of these people has not hosted the Oscars? Jimmy Fallon, mm-hmm. Jon Stewart, Whoopi Goldberg, Seth MacFarlane question i believe whoopi has sadly um say this again for me <laughs> this is tough dude these are good questions i'm not very smart jimmy fallon john stewart mm-hmm. whoopi goldberg john seth stewart. mcfarland i feel like seth mcfarland has as well and it would make sense that jimmy fallon did i feel like john stewart that's not really his thing he does like host stuff i guess uh if it's Jimmy Fallon, we pissed, but I, I'm going to go with John Stewart. Cody, it's Jimmy Fallon. He's never hosted the Oscars. Oh it's God. Jimmy Kimmel. When, I know Jimmy Kimmel has. When, uh, what year did John Stewart do? So John Stewart's actually hosted twice. Like 06. 06 and 08. <laughs> Whoopi cool. Goldberg has cool, hosted dude. four times, once in the 2000s, three times in the 90s. Um, Jimmy Kimmel's hosted twice. Jimmy Fallon never has. I think Seth MacFarlane was like, what, 15, 16? 2013. 13 or earlier. Yeah, that's that's tough, man. The Jimmy's got me. Should he get it this year? Should should they tap Fallon for, for this year's ceremony? I thought Fallon did. I mean, probably better than anybody else is going to get. So I prefer Ricky Gervais. But... Mina's shaking her head. She's not a fan. We'll move on to my second question. I'm over two to start off this category. That's tough. Hopefully uh, that is similar for you. My next question, we're going to the Golden Globes. Uh, which of these movies did not win Best Comedy slash Musical at the Golden Globes, which is, of course, a beloved category? Um, but which of these did not win? So we've got Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, uh, Green Book, Vice, uh, Borat 2, uh, La La Land, The Martian, and The Hangover. So a lot of options. Which of those did not win the best comedy slash musical at the Golden Globes? Looking for winners only. So, I mean, you say Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Right off the bat, I'm kind of conf- I'm surprised that it would be nominated in, in comedy and musical. Um, so I'm a little skeptical of that. 
continuing on the Martian, do I think that won the Golden Globe? I, maybe we talked about that. Um, give me the list again. I'm trying to think of years to see if you might have accidentally doubled up. <laughs> what do you got? Uh, so Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Green Book, Vice, Borat 2, La La Land, The Martian, and The Hangover. Okay, so none of those are in the same years, but I'm guessing you just looked at the last like six winners because um, you've got Borat 2 would be like last year, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood was 2019, Green Book 17, La La Land 16, um, Martian 15. I feel like La La Land, oh, musical, right? Yeah, um, yeah, La La Land definitely won. That's, if that didn't win, Cody's shaking his head. Uh, if that didn't win, that, that's a damn shame. Vice, um, I mean, that was Oscar nominated. Borat 2 seems, I'm trying to think, I feel like I would know if Borat 2 won Best Comedy because I actually paid attention to the Golden Globes. Because that was, yeah, like the online, the last time the Golden Globes were on TV was when yeah, Borat 2 was competing. Um, so I'm going to go Borat 2. Interesting. Uh, Borat 2 actually did win. Uh, funny enough. Uh, yeah, those were all winners, obviously. The one that was not was Vice. So I feel like I kind of tried to give you hard, hard options there. I feel like Vice is, I feel like that would maybe win that. Not getting, like, it's critically acclaimed. It's a comedy. But uh, yeah, that was Green all Book. Won, Green for, Book winning in comedy is also a little <laughs> questionable, but. <laughs> I know, yeah, because I, I, I was just looking through like the past ten winners, and he was like, "Wait, that one, that one." Like, I would not have guessed that. So I thought that was a, a good question. We're uh, we're struggling here. Let's let's see if we can get things alive <laughs> a little bit. Hey, we made it hard. That's a good thing. Since the year two thousand, what actor has the most Oscar nominations? Mm, no options. Uh, which actor? Are we counting actors in or just actors here? It's a guy. I'll give you that. Okay. Like either way. He's been nominated most since 2000. Well, I can't say Meryl Streep, so that's tough. Uh, <laughs> shit, dude, I don't know. Okay, who who gets nominated? Like Anthony Hopkins? Uh, oh, it's probably Daniel Day-Lewis. Yeah, I'll go with that. Triple D, whatever his name is. Daniel Day-Lewis, DDL. <laughs> Triple D. Uh, different, different Ds. It's Denzel. And DiCaprio both tied for uh, five nominations. Oh. So uh, I, I can't believe you didn't guess. How Leo many Cody. does Daniel Day Lewis have? Like four? Mm. Never I mean, has he even been in four movies since 2000? I think he's only been in four, maybe. <laughs> uh, there Will Be Blood, Phantom Thread, Lincoln. Lincoln, Gangs of New York. Yeah, that's four. <laughs> Damn. So he's one off. Hey, I'm fine with that, I guess. Yeah, DiCaprio. Yeah, I guess. Fencil, I wouldn't have guessed either. I mean, I don't, I don't know. He doesn't get nominated that often. Like Fences and did he get nominated for Flight? It's like probably not. He's, I mean, he's top five most nominated all time. I'm pretty sure. He might be number two. Yeah, no, I, I believe that. Whatever his training day, Fences. I don't know what else he's been in. I could probably name off Leo's. The Tragedy of Macbeth. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he does kind of Oscar bait every year. That's somewhat forgettable. Here we go. Here are the nominees. Since 2000, Training Day, Flight, Fences, Roman J. Israel, Esquire, and The Tragedy of Macbeth. 
Interesting. So I feel like a bunch of his like 50-50 shooting at Nam, they're not kind of all went through maybe a little bit there. Sound about like Flight and um, Roman Israel. I don't know. Those are kind of his more forgettable ones, but yeah, fair enough. I guess I should have gone with Leo. That would have been smart, but tough. DDL let me down. <laughs> uh, over three. Okay, back to you. Question numero trace. We're going to the Oscars here. This is a fun one, I think. So, we all know the guy who has the famous Oscar quote. Uh, There's been a mistake. Moonlight, you've won Best Picture. We know that guy, obviously. Uh, his name's Jordan Horowitz, if you don't know. Um, and I just want to know, pretty simple, what was his title in regards to... Uh, what is it, La La Land? <laughs> no, it is La La Land. What was his title in regards to La La Land? Was it director, executive producer, producer, composer, casting director, makeup for costumes? Basically, I, I give you the entire options of the movie. You just got to tell me what he did. Well, it's either <clears throat> executive producer or producer because um, – the logic I'm using here is that the best picture is awarded to the producers of the film. Some people might not know that it's not rewarded to the director or the writer. It's the producers that get the award. So I don't even know if Damien Chazelle was, who is the director of the movie was up on stage at the time. Um, he actually, he probably produced it as well. So he probably was there, but I'm just going to go producer. Cause I don't know if executive producers make it up there. I think they do, but uh, yeah, that is correct. Uh, <laughs> I just, I really picking producer, except for that, it's super great. But uh, yeah, shout out Jordan Horowitz, good guy, and uh, one of all time quotes. So used in our episodes. So there you go. There's been a oh, mistake. Oh, you better roll that clip. This, there's a mistake. Moonlight, you guys won Best Picture. Moonlight won. There's been a mistake. Moonlight, you won Best Picture. This isn't Stop. a joke. Moonlight, you guys won. Get up, get, get up here. Well, I'm finally on the board for, for awards category. Someone's, <laughs> someone's doing something here. I got the two more questions for you. Which of these shows has more primetime Emmy wins? Is it Mad Men? Curb Your Enthusiasm? Better Call Saul? The Wire? Or House of Cards? I'll probably get this wrong. Uh... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chop one off just to help you out. Okay. So I'm getting rid of House of Cards. It, it wasn't House of Cards. I would, I would have guessed that. Mad Men, Curb Your Enthusiasm, mm -hmm. Better Call Saul, The Wire. I think like Better Call Saul hasn't won a lot. I could be wrong in that. I don't know anything about The Wire. I feel like it probably should have won a lot, but I actually don't know. I feel like Mad Men would be a, a perfect, like, like the Emmys would love them for some reason. Curb Your Enthusiasm, I don't think it's won that many. So I think it is between that uh, and The Wire. I think The Wire probably put shit done. I'm going to go Mad Men. I'm going to go Mad Men. Cody, you're on the board. It is Mad Men. Uh, I got the numbers here. So, Let's go. Um, you're, you're very right. Like it's a movie that they love. So the Mad Men, Mad Men was nominated 116 times and won 16. Curb Your Enthusiasm mm -hmm. was nominated 51 times and has won twice. Better Call Saul, 46 nominations, no wins. The Wire, yeah. two nominations only, zero wow. wins. So oh, not, wow. not well received at the, or by the Emmys. And then House of Cards, which we did remove, 56 noms. 
uh, seven wins. I was I was kind of surprised when I looked up yeah. uh, that the wire was was not really recognized. That is crazy. Um, so I think like just critically acclaimed, it's, it's one of the the high rating shows of all time. So yeah, he's been like it too much. I guess good question. I'll take a point finally in this category. You know, keeping with the Emmys here, one of my favorite Game of Thrones. You know, the Emmys do like them a little bit. They get nommed a lot. But anywho, I did have a fun fact. I don't know if you know this, but they only got one actor slash actress who uh, was actually won an Emmy. That was Peter Dinklage. I believe there's like, I mean, there's a massive cast, obviously, and a lot more noms, but my boy Pete is the only one ever took it home. So shout out to him. But uh, anywho, that's nothing to do with my question. My question, in 2015, Game of Thrones actually set the record for the most Emmy wins in one year. Um, so out of the 24 possible Emmys, how many uh, did they take home in 2015? And uh, I'll give you like a, a three a three person window here. So I'll give you one more or one less of whatever you guess. Just if you hit it. So I mean, I think it's easy to narrow this list down a lot because the Emmys, you know, vary between drama categories and comedy categories. So obviously, it wasn't nominated in any comedy. So I I don't know if I could lop off half exactly because there's other Emmys. I would say it's got to be under 12 though. So I might just go 12 and go for the the three on either side or, or whatever it is. <laughs> well, it's not three on either side. It's one on either side. <laughs> oh, okay. One on either. Okay. Well then I'll yeah, go 11. Yeah. <laughs> well, the answer is 12 anyways. So you got it right. <laughs> hey, look at me. <laughs> yeah, that is wild. I think you are right. I think that it's split up in half. So I think they just swept every single drama category which is pretty wild it's pretty crazy eight years in a row nominated for best drama that's pretty unprecedented terrible show though from what i've heard <laughs> God. great job check it out all right and uh my last question for you is uh lord of the rings themed very topical with the uh, rings of power who's the only lord of the lord of the rings actor to be oscar nominated for their performance in the movie series Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I believe it was uh, what's his fucking name? Oh man, I got thought about Lord of the Rings actors for a long time. It's uh, it's Aragon. What's his name? Um, <laughs> no. I'm just gonna start naming off the cast. Uh, it's some like Swedish name or something. Right? Give me a second. I'll pull it. Uh, uh <laughs> it's something with a weird, weird letter. Oh, Vigo. There you go. Vigo Mortensen. I believe that's corrected. Well, that was a lot of thinking just for the answer to be uh, Sir Ian McKellen. <laughs> it's not? You're telling me Vigo didn't get nominated for uh, Return of the King? Nah, man. Or Ian win. McKellen, Best Supporting Actor, 2002. He's Gandalf, bro. For Two Towers, you got that? Fellowship of the Ring. What the fuck? Wait, what was the question? Was it just a win or just nomination? Nomination. Really? Vigo was never nominated. Not, not for uh, <laughs> not for Lord of the Rings. He has been nominated three yeah, times sure. for other yeah. movies, but I swear to God, I got nominated for uh, Return of the King. What's up? Well, that category is absolutely terrible for me. So, all right, my last question, and uh, this is a thinker: Who's the last director in Best Picture for the second time? Do you know what I'm saying? So, Best Picture winner out of the directors. Who's the last one to win it for a second time? <laughs> if that makes sense. I so it's a movie 
that was directed by someone whose movies have won best picture twice the last person to do it that's like okay i got you let's just think winners and see if i can maybe figure this out so post 2000 Um, somebody has won the best picture the director and they had won it before right yeah Yeah. so uh best picture coda whoever directed that never won their movies had never won an actor chloe zhao um, had never had another Oscar-winning movie with Nomadland. 2019 was obviously Parasite, Bong Joon-ho's never had one. Green Book, uh, I don't know who the director of Green Book is. I feel like I should know that, but I don't think they've done another one. Um, am I missing a year in there? I mean, there's the Moonlight, Barry Jenkins, that didn't happen. 2015 was Spotlight. I can't think of who directed that. Then we're getting into like... But early, early 2010s, I'm, I'm going to fail a little bit here trying to think. Um, obviously, Argo's in there somewhere, the King's Speech. Man, I'm trying to think, have any of these, I mean, who is one? So I'm looking for the director, right? That's, that's what you're asking me? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, man, that, this is a tough question, Cody. I think. I like this question a lot. Um, <laughs> obviously, you have like crash one best picture uh who directed that was it soderbergh <laughs> i think so I right i don't think so but it could be wrong. just for the record it was directed by paul haggis so <laughs> not not him <laughs> i have no idea yeah wow um martin scorsese two best picture win- i mean the departed one the departed but i think we've talked i mean I'm just going to go Martin Scorsese because I can't think of another director, to be honest, that it could even be. Good guess. I believe infamously Scorsese has not won one before. That was uh, his first best picture. Yeah. Yeah. The answer is Clint Eastwood. Million Dollar Baby. When, uh, what year was that? Unforgiven was the, was the first one. Is that right? Yeah. Unforgiven 93 and then Million Dollar Baby 0506. So you're on the right track. I mean, everything like in, in the mid 2000s kind of just gets jumbled up. So good effort though, but I, I do really like that question. I did look into that pretty deeply. I like, that's a good one. Yeah, it's it's funny like how hard it is to double up best picture. Like you really don't see that nowadays at all, I feel like. So shout out Clint, you know. I'm not the biggest fan of him, but that's pretty hard to do. Yeah, obviously well-loved by the Oscars. So. All right, well, I didn't get the point there. So kind of didn't even need to do that question. Should have just moved on. <laughs> It is still four to five and a half. Now we'll throw it over to Mina for the uh, next fan submitted one. So we have another question that fits in line with the category from Carter Sims. Steven Spielberg has won three Oscars. Two of them have been for best director. For what two movies did Spielberg win his best director's Oscars? Yeah. Man. No choices. You just I, have to know it. I know one of them. Yeah, I would think I would know one of them too. Um, and I know... And I actually know that the one was his first one, so I can think movies after that. Um, hmm. Best director. Best director. Wow, that is a tough one. What would he have won his second one for? Oh, okay. I think I got it. Okay. I mean, I have a guess, but I think he didn't <laughs> really win best director for this one. You want me to say mine first? You can say your first one. Sure. I think it's, well, I'll just say I think it's Schindler's List. That was that was my and one. Catch me if you can. 
I think that's wrong. Uh, I don't think it, it's definitely not catching Buchanan. I don't think it's uh, possible, dude. I think he might have been nominated, but yeah. Schindler's List, yes, and I think that was his first Best Director win, which I'm thinking another '90s. I'm gonna go Saving Private Ryan. Oh shit! Because that's I don't know, Mina. What's the correct answer? Correct answers are Schindler's List and Saving Private Ryan. There we go. Hey, Carter, thank you for the, the good, good question. Pull. That's such an obvious one, dude. I just didn't think about it. Got to use your head. <laughs> True. Couldn't be me. Cody, I'm starting to pull away. What you, you better get it in gear. You are. You got another half point on <laughs> <laughs> Uh, No, I got the full point there. What do you mean? I got them both. <laughs> I, I got I got a half point. Oh, yeah. you're taking a half you're taking half credit for that? Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> of I course. Guess I got one. All right. So we've got Texas Chain Hall Massacre. And uh, what's our next movie? Reminder, Texas Chainsaw Massacre got an eighty eight. Pretty high. Movie. That's very high, yeah. Again, the original is a scream. Ooh. Ooh. I'm gonna go scream. I'm going I'm going up just because personally I love Scream. It's one of my favorite horror movies of all time. I think it's in the 90s. I think the first one's in the 90s. Might get me wrong. Both one above. Both wrong. <laughs> Scream. <laughs> Scream only got 79. Travesty. We're pretty good this game. This, uh, this just goes back to uh, our Exposing Rotten Tomatoes episode. Go listen to that <laughs> for why Rotten Tomatoes sucks. <laughs> it's a scam. Don't listen to it. Yeah. Complete. I want to see what this the 2022 one has. It's probably higher. It's probably higher than 78. 35. It probably is, honestly, yeah. 78, that's a travesty. Scream is a masterpiece. I feel like Scream is a better movie Ooh. than Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I don't know. Scream, for the most, the new Scream only has a 76 on the tomato meter. Not bad. Keeping them close. It has an 82% audience score, though. Legacy sequels, man. Back at it again. All right, Cody, this is the, the category I'm most excited for. Yeah. Uh, heading into it, score is four and a half to six and a half. So I got a two-point lead on you. <laughs> okay. I need to make up some ground here. To further explain, the way this category works is basically you take two movies. So, for example, The Dark Knight of the Living Dead. So The Dark Knight, Night of the Living Dead. And then I would give you a description. Cape Crusader has to fight zombies, whatever. How did you, did you have some fun when you were making these, Cody? What did you think? Yeah, I, I did have some fun. I think this is a really cool game. And like you said uh, off the top, shout out to Wonderland Boys. I believe it's Rory, Johnny, and uh, I think Seth is the other one. But uh, I don't know. What no, it's Josh. It is Josh. Yeah, Josh, yeah, Josh. Josh yeah. But uh, yeah, this is a really fun game. And I had a lot of fun making these. So. Might, might do a more expanded version at a later date. This is just a little bit of a test to yeah. see what we think. And I mean, yeah, there, you could do so many things with this. Like, it, it's ridiculous just, like, how many I came up just off the top of my head. So, yeah, I, I was definitely – I came up with a couple, and then I was like, well, I got to I gotta only choose five, so I tried to pick the last <laughs> five. So. Then my first description, a girl and friends that go into the woods and uh, they videotape them being haunted. Uh, and then during that, a young group of boys shows up and throws the best party of all time. This is a good one. I like this. So it is the Blair Witch Project X. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Shout out Project X. Classic film. But uh, that was only the first one that came to my head for some reason. That's a good one. I, get hope, that one in. I hope we don't end up with any overlap here, but it's entirely possible. It's possible. 
Um, I'm going to go for what I think is the easiest one first. Stuck by himself on Christmas, a web slinger must protect his house from multiversal burglars. <laughs> so it's uh, Spider-Man No Way Home Alone. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's a good one. That is a good one. Shout out Kevin McAllister. My next one. And mine just gave uh, more and more obscure a little bit as we move on here. So uh, my second one. So the film is a, the journey of a boy into a man that starts off with a drug addict mom and ends with a hand, hand job on the beach. Uh, runs into Sam Witwicky in Optimus Prime. Because they have to deal with, uh, what is his name? <laughs> I know what it is. Megatron. No, they have to deal with Megatron again. After a new revelation that Transformers uh, came to the moon landing. I mean, he kind of gave it away with the last one, <laughs> if I didn't already know it. But um, this is Transformers Dark of the Moonlight. <laughs> which correct. is not a crossover we should we should say do we want to see these crossovers um starting yeah. spider-man no way home alone i mean that's an obvious one macaulay culkin as spider-man let's take if it he's throwing bricks off the roof and yes but other than that i don't know but uh i don't i don't think i want to see uh transformers <laughs> dark of the moon i love seeing barry jenkins direct transformers movie but uh yeah probably would pass on that one too yeah my next one for you five assassins board a train in tokyo only to find themselves trapped with a deadly virus on their way to a South Korean city. South Korea? On a train? It's like train to Busan, or I was thinking World War Z, or Contagion. I don't even recognize one movie from there. You gotta say it one more time, I'm sorry. South Korea? What movie goes to fucking South Korea? Train to Five... Busan, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Five oh, assassins. Oh, it's a... Uh... What's, what's that new fucking movie? Bullet Train. A uh, Bullet Train to Busan. There you go. Yeah, Bullet Train to Busan. <laughs> that was a good one. Thank you. Thank you. Bullet Train. I didn't see that either. I'm glad you pulled it out. Train to Busan. That's a good get. Cause I, I didn't even know the plot of Bullet Train. You're like, so. South Korea? I don't know. What's in South Korea? <laughs> you just said it. <laughs> train to Busan. Oh. <laughs> um, all right. My third one. We have in the hint here, not to give out too many hints, but this is a comic book matchup. So, we have a metallic messenger warns of a godlike cloud coming to eat the earth right in the middle of a wedding. And then as well, an old man returns from retirement and fights a mumbling bodybuilder and Liam Neeson's secret daughter. <laughs> okay, there's a lot there. Okay, so I know the first, I mean, it's Fantastic Four to Rise of the Silver Surfer. Uh mm -hmm. Either the word is fantastic or surfer. <laughs> surfer. You want me to the second part again? Yeah, yeah. Let me hear the second part. Something about Liam Neeson's so, daughter. Yeah. So an old man returns from retirement to fight a bumbling bodybuilder and Liam Neeson's secret daughter. Liam Neeson's secret. Oh, okay. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Well, I'm still. Okay. Oh, it's. The Dark Knight Rises of the Silver Surfer. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Rise of the Silver Surfer. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right, there right. we go. Liam Neeson's secret daughter, Razagul, Talia. Right. Talia. <laughs> and the, the Bob, I mean, me, the mumbling bodybuilder. That's Bane. Right, right. And honestly, if you hadn't yeah, said comic book, I don't think I would have gotten it. So I appreciate the help. <laughs> no problem. That's my favorite one I wrote. In this sequel, a 1920s gangster must team up with his childhood friend 
to win a street race and redeem his past crimes. But someone threw a fast and furious. <laughs> <laughs> so the first one, uh, the sequel, gangster. Say it again, say it again. In the sequel, a 1920s gangster must team up with his childhood friend to win a street race and redeem his past crimes. So a childhood friend, that's not fast and furious. So a 20 gangster and a childhood friend? <laughs> Something to do with fast? Fast and furious? Well, think of the titles of the Fast and Furious movies, because none of them. So it's it. oh, so that's a sequel. Okay, so it's like I'll say uh, they're both sequels. How about that? They're both sequels. Okay, Too Fast, Too Furious, Tokyo Drift, a mobster movie, Fast Five. I mean, it could be any number here. So make yeah, a point let me. Seven. I to be. I'll just say this: the only part that is the mobster movie is a 1920s gangster. <laughs> the the childhood friend is is from Fast and Furious, so. Oh, who's a childhood friend in Fast and Furious? <laughs> it must be okay. That's I clue in the sequel. It is a childhood friend. Statham's not his fucking friend. Vin- Vince isn't his childhood friend. So that's five. Maybe it's, how, oh? how about this? A gangster movie. I should focus on that. Nineteen twenties. A gangster movie that follows. A family in two different time periods. So the Godfather. And a childhood friend needs to win a street race and redeem his past crimes. Is it not Fast and Furious? <laughs> yeah, where do we connect? How do we connect with Cody? <laughs> God and Father. The Fast and the Furious and the Godfather. It can't be the word the. I give up. Cody, you're right there. Come on. Just like sequel. Sequel, Cody. Know. Sequel. Tokyo Drift. No, sequel. They're both sequels. Fast 10. Oh, The Godfather Part 2? And Too Fast, Too Furious. That's so stupid. So say it all together. Okay, so we have The Godfather Part 2 Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Well, you didn't explain it was The Godfather Part 2 at all. I said the sequel. But they're both sequels. I I told you that. I'm gonna give you the point there. Although, okay, that was brutal. Yeah, that that was brutal. I I <laughs> I could have given a better hint for the Godfather. I'll I'll admit. Yeah, I agree. All right, moving on. Uh, my fourth one for you. We have a middle-aged man gets bored with his life and uh, turns back into his younger self, while two soldiers are tasked on a mission to call off on a an attack. Excuse me. A long journey ensues, and uh, not many cuts await. You're really giving good descriptions. I appreciate you really going in. Um, <laughs> it is uh, 1917 again, <laughs> yeah. which which is uh, a good one. Shout out Zach Efron. Just to go back, I would love I would love to see The Godfather Part Two, Too Fast, Too Furious. Um, I would watch that movie. I would watch a Godfather sequel with fucking Dom Toretto. That's ni- 1917 again, Cody. What do you think? Would you watch that? Well, if we get to see Zach Efron, maybe die in the heat of battle, maybe, but I'd probably pass on it. I guess that's understandable. A nerdy avian florist uses a giant man-eating plant to help defend his city from an unheated alien invasion. 
giant fucking plant? <laughs> what, are you ta- what are you talking about? <laughs> a giant man-eating plant. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's going to be otters, but I have no fucking idea. Um, okay, let me think here. And a fucking avian florist. I mean, what, I is, what are you pulling about? Avian, An avian and florist. <laughs> avian and florist are the two movies coming together. Okay. So one movie features an avian character. The other features a florist in the combination so the there. avian is probably the... Nerdy, probably, apl- nerdy would apply to both movies. Is it Independence Day is one? Does Will Smith play a florist? He plays an avian. <laughs> avian. Do you know what avian means, Cody? Yeah, fucking uh, birds or whatever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't think Will Smith plays a bird. <laughs> I was making a, a plane joke. Right. Uh, Aviator. Yeah. Birds and plants and, and florists. I have no fucking idea, dude. So let's, let's get this over with. Put me out of my misery. Your favorite movie, Chicken Little, Shop of Horrors. Oh, there's the big plant. See, I wouldn't have gotten that. I don't know that. <laughs> Chicken Little, Shop of Horrors. That's good. I also have clear Chicken Little for my mind. So no, bird, <laughs> no, no avian birds allowed this in this mind. My my That's job is just to to remind you of it, its existence every uh, couple months. Chicken Little Shop of Horrors. Honestly, you probably couldn't give me an hour. That's a good one. That's a very good one. Moving on to my last one, another one I I like a lot. A high school kid tries to not seduce his mom and and save himself from fading away, while a hundred year old man is sent back in time to stop Nixon from getting assassinated. Um, it's <laughs> it's. I mean, it's Back to the Future, obviously. Mm. What's the the X-Men movie? It's Days of Future Past, so it's not that. Um, Nixon Nixon assassination. Yeah. Bringing Nixon back on the pod. He's topical. Um, Once again, go back in in time. Okay, so it's either something back or future. What's a movie that starts with future? Future... I don't know if I'm going to get this one. Should I get it, Cody? Oh, yeah. You know I, mean? I mean, I'll read it again. So, yeah, yeah. Right, back to the future. And then a 100-year-old man is sent back in time to stop Nixon from getting assassinated. A 100-year-old man? Yeah. A really old guy. <laughs> yeah, I got that. I got that. Sent back in time to stop Nixon getting assassinated. I, yeah, I have no idea. I'm going to have to take the L on this one. <laughs> days of Future Past. Yeah, but how do those, how do those connect? <laughs> X-Men, Days of Future, Back to the Future. I don't fucking know, dude. They both, have, <laughs> they both have future in them. That's the game. You don't need a perfect title here. Uh, well, I, I don't know if I agree with that. I'm, I'm going to give myself half a point uh, there. Because... I, think... <laughs> I mean, what, uh, what other movie does that describe? Days of Future Past. I mean, yeah, exactly, but they just didn't connect. That's why I was lost. <laughs> <laughs> they connect to the future, dude. Come on. Ridiculous. All right. Um, whatever. How many How many did I get? Did I go? F- I think are- you got 4.5. 4, 4 out of 5. Point. All right. 4.5 out of 5. Set on the West Coast, the peace between a group of pale white people and their humanoid furry neighbors is tested by the existence of an unborn blood-sucking baby. Uh, go for it. Go for the repeat. I'm fucking terrible. Set on the West Coast, the mm-hmm. peace between a group of pale white people 
and their humanoid furry neighbors with opposable thumbs. <laughs> just, let's just pause. Let's pause there. Okay. Yeah. So pale white people. So let me help you out here. Set on the West Coast, true of both movies. Peace between a group of pale white people and their humanoid furry neighbors also applies to both movies. Tested by the existence of an unborn blood-sucking baby only applies to one of them. So I'll take a rise of the planet of the apes. Um, I guess that kind of makes sense. Blood-sucking baby? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, Movies rise. with a baby. I should have guessed this at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Rise, planet apes. Is something, well, I don't know. Dude. I got nothing. Blood-sucking baby? The Twilight Saga, Breaking Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. <laughs> oh, there's a blood-fucking-sucking baby in, in Twilight? Yeah, it's, a, it's her baby. Kristen Stewart's That's child is a vampire. That's kind of the whole <laughs> plot of the last two movies. Well, I haven't seen any of them. More the second one than the first, but people are worried about what's going to happen with that little uh, little creature. And then it's a CGI. I, oh, he's a vampire baby. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm. They're both set on the West Coast, San Francisco, Forks, Washington. I feel like you worded those a lot more. I combined them more than like. Yeah, I should have done that. Part A, part B. Yeah. When you when you when you don't know like which movie is which, that makes it very difficult. Yeah. So I like that. It does make it harder. All right. So uh, score at this current time is six and a half to mm, three seven ten. Uh, I believe I have 11. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Yeah, 11. Score is 6.5 to 11 at this current time, Cody. So going to need to mount a big comeback here. Yeah, not too worried. Mina, you've got the next question for us. So Jackson, a rough cut retrospective, as he titled his name. In case we forgot. In case you forgot. In DC Comics, what is the alter ego of Alan Scott? No options. You just have to know it. This seems like a good question for me. <laughs> Over, you got any idea? Alan Scott. Well, I know there's a lot of Green Lanterns, so mm-hmm. uh, I'm just going to guess Green Lantern. I'll tell you what, that's a pretty good guess because I'm pretty sure that's right. I'm definitely going Green Lantern as well. That's correct. Let's go. That would be the one where I could make up a point. Corbett out here with his DC shirt right now. That's not good. <laughs> I feel like I know, I know the alter egos of most of like the major characters. And if you throw someone out, like there's like six Green Lanterns, right? So it's like you've got a pretty good chance. There's really not that many Green Lanterns, but yeah, fair enough. It's a good guess. There's Hal Jordan. There's apparently this guy. There's the John girl, Jones, Guy Gardner. See, there's Hal a ton. Scott. <laughs> there is. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're still Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right, Mina? Yes. All right, with an eighty-eight. See if, see if we can. Can somebody dethrone Texas Chainsaw Massacre? yeah we'll see we're going with the original carrie Ooh, interesting okay so obviously carrie stephen king adaptation but i feel i mean 88 percent for the like is carrie that good that's a high bar what do you think cody i don't want to show my cards dude (laughs) i have a very clear thought but i don't know i think ron peters is pretty hard to guessing but well i'm going high just because i'm sticking with high so what are you doing well I, I, the thing is with this game maybe i should just go against my gut because i've been wrong every time right yeah. but um i would definitely think it's lower so i'm gonna say that 
Cody, what are you doing? It's higher. <laughs> Why is Carrie? It's a classic. So Carrie, Carrie has a 93%. Oh, man. Not as high as The well, Last Jedi, but... I tried, I tried like, making you think differently, like, with the way I ordered this. So. I, I, I was right. I should have just gone against my gut, I guess. I'll that. I just want to say I was wrong. The Last Jedi, 91% on Rotten Tomatoes. Speaking, however, my first question in the mm-hmm. category of Cap Podcast movies has to do with The Last Jedi. So uh, on the all-time box office list of all Star Wars films ever, where does The Last Jedi rank? Is it second, third, sixth, or seventh? And obviously there's what uh 11 star wars movies yeah um i would say the force awakens probably is most money so i'm just gonna go quick here i'm gonna say second probably crap ton. good get it is second so good job and i think rogue one is three and then and probably rise of skywalker's four so no that makes sense but uh definitely not worth all that money (laughs) 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 my first one i'm going to a movie you have mentioned the Departed. So, uh, in The Departed, what is Matt Damon carrying into his apartment right before he gets shot in the face by Mark Wahlberg? <laughs> Do you want options? Yeah, I'll take options. I can't. Okay. The options are diapers, dog food, uh, papers, groceries, a box, or a jug of water. I, I'm... I'm just going to say groceries. I'm not going to dwell on it for very long. I don't know if that's right, but I'm going to go groceries. Yeah, that is right. He's got some groceries. He tries to pet a dog, and the owner doesn't let him. Then he walks in and just gets his head blown off. So, respect. Respect Marky Mark. All right. My question, also about The Departed, Cody. (laughs) The Departed is based on an international film called Internal Affairs. What country Mm. is that movie from? Mm. Is it China? Italy? No. Japan or the UK? Oh, maybe just China. Then. I was gonna guess Korea. Uh, shit. And I know it's internal affairs. It probably is China. Um, <laughs> let me think. Just, uh, I know whichever one I guess. It's just gonna be the opposite. So I'll say, I'll say China. I think it is China. It is China, and and to be more specific, it is a Hong Kong movie. I don't want to. Get okay, into the, that's the, what po- I the politics of that, but it is uh, Hong Kong. So, yeah. Yeah. Shout out Hong Kong. I mean, uh, that's a very good film. I actually have seen that film. Have you seen an Infernal Affairs card? I have not, but uh, I definitely want to check it out. I prefer The Departed, but yeah. <laughs> very good film. <laughs> All right. Fair my enough. second question. <laughs> my second question is What is the name of Kevin James's dog in Grown Ups? <laughs> and I do have some options for you. Well, that's is good. It? Is it Rover, Pinky, Sparky, Curly, or Georgie? Oh, and, well, no, that's not. Spongy was also an option, but that's not correct. I mean, some great dog names here. I mean, Rover, classic. Sparky, classic. Um, Did you say Curly? Was that one? Yeah. Curly, Pinky, and Georgie. You know, maybe it's a... A reference to the Three Stooges with Curly, I guess. You know, I don't know. I feel like I, when you said Rover, it made me be like, oh, yeah, but I feel like that's such a, such a dog name. Um, I'm going to go uh, Pinky because that's <laughs> stupid. <laughs> uh, the correct answer 
It is curly, actually. Curly. curly uh, ah. Maybe it is a, a Three Stooges reference to but uh, great dog. He got his vocal cords clipped. So shout out Curly. He's going through it. Tough looks all around. This is the grown up question, dude. Unbelievable. <laughs> that kind of tracks, though, right? Yeah. <laughs> National Treasure. This is a little bit of a history question again, Cody. You didn't do too well last time we did this, but <laughs> it's uh, history in the movie. So, what are mm. the two names that are also verbs that are featured on the Liberty Bell? Oh, shit. The two names are also verbs. <laughs> I'm not gonna get this. The first one is something uh, that uh, you are you don't do in basketball. <laughs> I don't do. Oh man, this is a tough one. Verbs on a Liberty Bell. It's something. <laughs> it's they're, such specific. They play a uh, you know a great role in the film. They they're the yeah. uh, the part of a the words that the kid has. Yeah. His uh, little buddy doesn't know what pass and stow means. <laughs> I just said it. Uh, yeah. Pass and stow? Yeah, it's pass and stow. It's not really names, but old time. They, they're the names of the people. <laughs> Is stow a verb? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, stow. It's, it's it? the last name of the two people. What does that pass mean? And stow. Like stow something away? Yeah, but I believe it's spelled like S-T-O-E, isn't it? Or is it just S-T-O straight up? I mean, S-T-O-W. It is S-T-O-W, the same way the word is spelled. To pack or store an object. Oh, I'm aware of what stow means. But I Pass, don't you, you don't do in basketball, Cody. So. Oh. <laughs> See, that's funny. But, uh, yeah, I would have never done that. Fuck, fuck the way we voted. Wow. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> is this because the Phillies made the playoffs last night and you're bitter that the Sox aren't going to get in? Not definitely. But no, the Sox are terrible. Sox are uh, on the brink of 500. So shout out to them. Also, yeah. I like house New uh, manager. Anyway. <laughs> uh, anyways, in a in the critically acclaimed film, Uncut Gems, what specific song does the weekend play during the uh, blacklight scene? And uh, I'll give you options if you want, because he's got a lot. He's got a lot of music. Sure. Yeah, I'll take options. We have Blinding Lights, classic. Uh, the Hills, Starboy. The morning, low life, or die for you. Just a lot of great uh, the weekend vibes. Really, he's got a lot of hits. Um, I think the thing that's going to help me here is that this movie, while it was released in 2019, is set in like 2008, right, or like 2009. Yeah. Which, in terms of the weekend's timeline, I mean, it's definitely not Blinding Lights, a song that came out after Uncut Gems <laughs> came out. Um, I got to go for just his classic. I mean, the, the one that made him big, The Hills. <laughs> I think that came out probably like 2010 or something. But, uh, yeah, true. <laughs> it is the morning, which, uh, you know, that song's okay. It's it's not like one of his biggest hits, but uh, it's good in the movie. So, shout out to the morning. What's your favorite The Weeknd song, Gordon? That's my question. Um, definitely The Hills uh, remix featuring Eminem. <laughs> You're a loser. Uh, I like Starboy. <laughs> no, I, I, I like Blinding Lights. Um, I, I don't know. Starboy's good, too. Low Life, good feature. Good future feature. Um, oh, the yeah. Hills also has a great remix by Nicki Minaj as well. Double remixed song, Cody. So, you know. Awesome. You're all over the remixes about <laughs> all right in dune what is the name of the clothing 
worn by the people to retain the water in their body? No options. Mm. <laughs> um, I feel like I kind of do remember it. Fucking mm, hell. I mean, it's obviously like the water suit or whatever it is. It's something with a, is it not with a D? I can't remember. Um, it's it, it's kind of like a little bit Dune. It's like Dune Bow or something. Dune Buggy. Um, I'll, I'll make up some options. You ready? Is it yeah, sure. wet suits, dry suits, mm. water suits, still suits? Oh, there's some great options. <laughs> uh, I should just repeat the question again. What is the name of the clothing <laughs> worn by the people, uh, uh, specifically the Fremen people, to retain their water? You should say the option again, dude. <laughs> Let's see if I remember them. Uh, wet suits, dry suits, <laughs> water suits, still suits. I think it's a wetsuit. Nope, Cody, it's it's still suits. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I gave you pretty bad options there, but, you know. Yeah, right. a, that's a great question, dude. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> All right, my next one. And uh, going back to our first episode here, in Gone Girl, uh, where does Amy drop her wad of cash at in front of her hillbilly friend? Which, obviously, they eventually rob her of. But where's their original location where she dropped that cash? Ah, at a mini golf place. <laughs> she's uh she's mini golfing. She's got the fanny pack full of cash, and uh she she drops that. I think that movie, uh the like tenth anniversary or the ninth anniversary just happened when of when it came out. So shout out Gone Girl, Rosamund Pike. Yeah, yeah. Talked about it for in our Midsummer episode. <laughs> we did, we did. And uh, yeah, I mean that's probably the worst place to you know reveal all your fortune the mini golf course. A lot of shady, a lot of shady stuff happens there. You you can't trust the people at a mini golf place. <laughs> Last question for you here: What director have we done the most movies of theirs? And I do Ooh. have choices. Okay. Is it? This should be pretty easy with the choices, to be fair. But we'll see yeah, how well you can remember. Richard Linklater, Martin Scorsese, Denis Villeneuve, or Christopher Nolan. I feel like the obvious answer is Nolan. Because obviously we've done Interstellar and Inception. <sighs> did we do so uh, did we do somebody else? The knee, we did Arrival. Uh, we didn't do District 9. You didn't even do that. That was Blomp Camp. I'm fucking, I don't know if I want. What else did the knee do? Sicario. What's his big one? Prisoners. We didn't do that, did we? No. So definitely not him. Scorsese, obviously, we departed. And we did Goodfellas, so that's two. So that's big. Did we do another Nolan? We probably did. She makes a lot of movies. Who was the first one you said? Who's first option? Richard Linklater. Oh, Linklater. Yeah, we did Dazing and Fused, obviously. We didn't do Boyhood. That would have been probably the other one we did. Well, shit. What other Nolan or Scorsese movie did we do? I don't think we did any other Scorsese movie. No, so it must be Nolan. I'm just forgetting Nolan. I don't know. It is Christopher Nolan. You're thinking you cannot remember the prestige, Cody. Oh shit. The fucking greatest the best his best movie. So yeah. yeah. Um the other three all we have done two movies. So Link Later, we did School of Rock and Days and Confused. School of Rock. Shit. Scorsese, obviously, like you said, the departed and Goodfellas. And then Denis, we just Dune, Cody. Oh yeah, Dune's forgettable. I always forget he even made that movie. But uh <laughs> not the best logic there. I had a lot of holes, but did pull it out though. So proud of you. 
I'll take it. All right, my last question in this category is uh, we're going over to T2, Judgment Day. Uh, how does the T1000 kill John Connor's adopted parents near the beginning of the movie? You can be kind of broad here, not looking for anything too crazy, just looking for cause of death. I mean, I would just say gunshot, gun violence. <laughs> gun violence? Is that your final answer? Yeah, that's what I'm going to go with. I don't know if that's right. Uh, they were actually stabbed in the face uh, <laughs> liquid metal. <laughs> so, so, I mean, you're kind of on the right track, but I, I don't believe any guns are used. I believe the, the shot is he has his finger out, and it's just, like, connecting through, uh, you know, his mom's, or his adopted mom's uh, face or whatever, so... Gruesome stuff there. Uh, yeah, I I shouldn't. I mean, obviously, I don't think you would ask the question if it was just they got a shot. So I, I should have come up with something better, but that's all I had. I guess. No, that's fair. I, I just really love that movie. And I don't know why, but that shot's pretty sick. Yeah. All right. Um, so you actually beat me that round. So congratulations. Yeah, for, I gained a point. For finally uh, closing Four, some ground. I know. Is it. 15 to 10 and a half. There you the go. Score. I'm only down five points here. I can make a little run. Never say never. Yep. And uh, we got two questions from Mina here. So game yep. before the final category. All right. So Aiden Cotter submitted another question. What Star Wars movie was shot entirely in studio? And there are options if you want them. I said uh, before, go the options. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> make it more interesting. So the, shot. there's only Just, one? Yeah, that's kind of the surprising. that's the thing that's most surprising to me. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll just think out loud here and say it's not any of the original three. I don't think. Um, I wouldn't say it's any of the new ones either. Maybe Rogue One, but I don't think so. I have a clear guess. If you know, if they were to make another Star Wars movie, I wouldn't be surprised if they did this, use the volume or something. But I agree. I don't think any of the new trilogy. I'm trying to think. I mean, it's not, it can't be like Attack of the Clones. There's two. Well, I might, I might go Attack of the Clones. Number two. That was my initial thought, but I mean, they're in like that field. There's also that place like. I'm um, thinking the Coliseum too, like, but I feel like that was all done on a soundstage. So that, that definitely was. I think the scene where they're talking about like sand on that balcony. Oh yeah. That's, you can go and visit, you can visit that place. uh, I'm going to say the third one. I'm going to say uh, Revenge of the Sith. I mean, it's obviously not the second <laughs> one, but <laughs> it's not, I don't think it's Revenge of the Sith either. It's probably, yeah. I'm not changing my answer. I'm sticking with Attack of the Clones. I think it's either Phantom mm-hmm. Menace or Solo would be my guess. But what's the answer? No, what, what set do they have in Revenge of the Sith? Mustafar? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the fucking lava planet? I guess to be fair, like Phantom Menace, probably all the Tatooine stuff is, is done. Like It's not either of those? What are the options mean? New Hope, Return of the Jedi, Avenger of the Sith, or Phantom Menace. So number two is not even an option. No. <laughs> and the answer was Revenge of the Sith. Okay, good job, Cody. I would have never guessed that, so you're gaining. There's no real sets because the, the beginning is they're in a fucking space battle. And then, yeah, they kind of just go to a bunch of bullshit planets. So I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. And uh, I... Sh- the place in the second one is in Spain. That you can yeah. visit. I yeah, should have thought about that. I, I want to go there. Yeah, that, that place is beautiful. Shout out, Aiden. All right, ready for the movies? Will something beat Carrie is now the question. 
pretty high. All right, we're going for big classic of Johnny Depp here. So, Nightmare on Elm Street. Ooh. No is it idea. higher or lower than 93%, which is what Carrie has? I, I feel like that's really high. Yeah, this is one I feel like is probably like super high. Um, everybody loves this movie. You know, Tim Burton. It's one of the, and it's also like an animated movie. So I feel like sometimes people are less critical, not less critical, but like I would, Rotten Tomato scores probably are higher across the board. If I were to guess, that might be wrong. What are you talking about? I said Nightmare on Elm Street. Like not Nightmare Before, Christmas. Nightmare Before Christmas. Did you say Johnny Depp? Is he in Nightmare on Elm Street? <laughs> he gets like stabbed. He dies immediately. <laughs> it's one of like his first roles, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, well I was thinking really Nightmare Before, Before Christmas, Christmas for some reason. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. That's probably okay. higher too. Yeah. Uh, this okay. This is lower than Carrie. Nightmare on Elm Street. Come on. I'm gonna go higher. I think um, the first one's pretty well regarded. I think Nightmare Before Christmas might be higher too. But <laughs> I'll go higher. I'll be different anyways. I'm going to lose. So. All right. So Corbin said lower. Cody said higher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cody is correct. Nightmare on Elm Street has a 95. Wow. I just want to say Nightmare Before Christmas, also a 95. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you're right. You're thinking right. I was right. I just, I just got screwed up. But no point for me. Cody, you're you're coming back, man. Those are two main points there. Two Making huge points. There. Scores uh, 12 and a half to 15 at this point. So seven questions left. Anybody's game. I think uh, this last category here, too, I I have some very difficult ones. So I might stump you a little bit. I'm, I'm curious to see where you went with this. I'll let you take it away with the first question. Let me start. All right. Well, I mean, there's no real thought into, like, um, you know, where these came from, really. It's kind of just like a bunch of random shit, which fits the category. Anywho, first question. This is more just because we were talking about Breaking Bad earlier. What is the name of the episode in Breaking Bad in which Hank gets shot and Walt loses everything? Famous episode. And the hint is that the title of the episode, it's the same name as the villain in Zack Snyder's Watchmen. The villain of Watchmen, huh? Who is the villain well, of Watchmen? Well, like, it, it's isn't like society? Isn't society kind of uh, the villain? Uh, I'm gonna go Doctor Manhattan as uh, <laughs> as my answer. Greg Danger is Ozymandias. Oh uh, yeah, pretty shit in, in that movie, but it, it's a great title. Uh, I should know that because the best episode of Breaking Bad. Because I've yeah, people talk about that episode. I I was. The only episode I could think of is the Ryan Johnson directed uh, the Fly episode the Fly. that is yeah. very divisive. He might have also, of course, Ryan Johnson directed that. What a joke! I think he also might have directed Osmandius though, too. To be honest, oh really? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. It. Yeah, so hey, he directed both Ryan, episodes. Ryan Johnson directed that. Yeah. Well, I guess he's a good director. <laughs> <laughs> I keep going back and forth on him. I can't wake up my Yeah, that's a hell of an episode though. Rip Hank deserves better. My first question for you is uh, survivor based. So, oh, nice. What is the name of the Swedish TV show Survivor is based on? And I do have options if you need them. <laughs> I have no idea. So, yeah, wow. fake fan. Okay. Uh, is it Lone Survivor, Expedition Robinson, Castaways, or Endurance? Expedition Robinson? Is that what you said? What is that? 
How did you make up Expedition Robinson? Like Robinson Crusoe, <laughs> famous uh, from the book. I know. Robinson Crusoe. Yeah, <laughs> um, I'm just gonna say that one because I don't think you made it up. Yeah, Expedition that's a, Robinson. That's a good guess because it is correct. It is Expedition Robinson. <laughs> wow. Endurance is the name of the uh, Australian teenage show that is similar to Survivor that the uh, famed Jonathan Young from season 42 participated on before he was on Survivor. So there's a little fun fact for you, Cody. Oh, really? I didn't know that either. So that's kind of cool. But was Jonathan a fan favorite too? I didn't know about that. But... Well, you know, he was at first, I would say, right. and then he kind of <laughs> got stuck. Yeah. But. <laughs> Good question. I do have a faster fiber question later on. So very excited to get to that. But uh, before that, second question in this category, uh, what are the three words, looking for three words that Hugh Jackman says in the movie X-Men First Class? There's only one scene and he only has one line. Well, I know he says fuck because that's like the, you know, I think he says fuck off, but then there's three words. So I don't know. Hmm. what would he say or, or does he say like not interested F- like i think it's fuck off mm, i'm not gonna uh, yeah i'm not gonna get the third word so that's tough yeah, i mean you're on the right track what's another way to you know tell someone to fuck off uh <laughs> three words go fuck yourself <laughs> go fuck yourself go fuck yourself okay well that's tough I feel like we should give you a half point for that one. I think I'll take a third of a point. <laughs> I got one word. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, you got you and yourself, too. So you kind of got like one Who's... and uh, <laughs> one I'll, and take, I'll take three-sixths three <laughs> of a point. That's just half. Um, well, that is half. Yeah. I'll, I'll take a third. Cody, in the show, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, there's the uh, famous cocktail <laughs> – Eh, cocktail <laughs> drink referred to as fight milk. What are the three ingredients in fight milk? It's <laughs> <laughs> such a stupid question. Um, shit. I mean, I believe. Or if you can give milk. me the slogan of of fight milk, I'll also give you. A... Really? Yeah. <laughs> um, fuck, dude. I think maybe. Well, I thought milk was in it, but maybe it's not. I think it's milk. I think it's. Um, vodka. Oh, I remember it too. It's some sort of fucking. <laughs> it's some sort of like bird egg or something. It's like, <laughs> it's like pigeon egg. Uh, let me get some pigeon though. Shit, you remember the birds out there? Um, I'm just gonna go with that. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give it to you. You got it's eggs, vodka, and milk. It is specifically crow egg, <laughs> which I'm not sure uh, is something you should be eating. Uh, and the slogan is <laughs> the first alcoholic dairy-based protein drink for bodyguards by bodyguards. Fight milk. Yeah. <laughs> Fight milk. Yeah, I knew something. Uh, crow, you know, pigeon, same difference. Close though. Probably my second favorite. Eh, I'm going to say third's favorite, always sunny bit, behind uh, the yeah. classic kitten mittens. I think that's number one. I love kitten mittens. That is hilarious. <laughs> And then if just the, the whole Nightman, Dayman, like everything about that is, is probably my favorite thing. Yeah, Second that's favorite. probably my favorite thing. The, the song itself is, is good enough for the entire show. But uh, yeah, that's a good episode. That, that's a great callback for me there. Um, my third question, 
going to another one of my favorite TV shows. In the office. This is some deep cut office trivia. So I don't know if we're gonna get this. But in the uh, in the episode where Jim and Dwight have a violent snowball fight, obviously remember that. Uh, Dwight he uses that fake present uh, and he has the pet names of Jim and Pam on there to trick Jim into opening it. I just want you to give me one of one of those pet names. Give me Jim or Pam's pet names. Receptionist and sales guy. I don't know. I don't fucking know what are their pet names. Um, a hint: it's food. They're both food. Oh, it's. I mean, well, wait. What I was? Oh, I was gonna say uh, tuna, but that's a that's a, so that's what Andy calls him because <laughs> he eats yeah. the tuna fish. I don't think Pam calls him tuna. Um, uh, food that is pertaining to either character of Jim Halpert or Pam Beasley. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go cinnamon roll. That's a, that's a good guess. Um, it was pickles and Swiss cheese. Those are their pet names. So do, that's do you know what that's a reference idea. to? No, I think that's just their pet name. Okay, fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah, never would have. Mina, did you know that one? Yep, she knew. She's the office. <laughs> she knows office. Now. All right. I could have uh, told pickles. It was just a joke with the writers of like, what a what I actually say this to my boyfriend. Like, really. there you go. Mina knows the backstory too. Right? She should be the one doing the trivia here. We don't know shit. She'd probably be beating both of us. That's why she's she's oh. not doing it. <laughs> She'd be be- beating me easily, but yeah. Shout out pickles and Swiss cheese. We've already oh, been man. embarrassed in one trivia episode on this podcast <laughs> by by outside guests. We don't need. It was, was kind of close. Yeah, really. kind of close. No. Um, my question: uh, Which of these shows does Seth MacFarlane not have any writing credits on? Family Guy, Dexter's Laboratory, American Dad, Johnny Test. Um, well, I assume he has writing credits on. <laughs> On Family Guy and American Dad, I could be wrong. Definitely Family Guy. Uh, I think he did for Dexter's Laboratory too, for some reason. So I'm gonna go Johnny Test. Good job, Cody. It is Johnny Test. Yeah. Um, different Cartoon Network show, Johnny Bravo. He did have writing credits on though. So. Oh, interesting. I would not have guessed. If you threw Johnny Bravo and Johnny Tested, I probably would have picked Johnny Bravo. So shout out him and uh, Dexter's Laboratory. I think underrated show. Pretty good. Cody at this. Uh, Current time, you lead by one sixth of a point. So things are getting tight. Oh, I came back. Yeah. Three, <laughs> I mean, you're three for three th- so far in this uh, this round. So I am. Yeah, the, I got a couple more difficult questions right here. So it's All right. So uh, penultimate one. Throughout the show Survivor, there have only been two contestants who have ever won the show twice. Name those contestants. Both of them. This is softball. <laughs> yeah, this is softball. <laughs> Uh, well, it's, uh, oh God, <laughs> I can't remember her name. God damn it. Uh, well, it's, it's the, uh, Latina woman from season seven. Pearl Island. I know, but I just can't think of her name right now. Okay. Who's the other person is Tony though, right? He's also won twice. Yeah. So I, it's Tony and the lady whose name I can't remember. I'll give you a point. It's Sandra. Sandra. Come on. Brutal. That's That's a survival layout. That's the first one I've gotten in this category, right? That's tough. True. True. And it's a survival question. That's all you know. 
don't forget the third of a point you gave yourself for the that's, fuck off question. that's true I, I i am doing hot with that third of a point i will say i should have i mean the last time we did a trivia episode it was asked who's the only female to win the show twice and i knew it, it was sandra but I, I failed here i forgot her name i haven't I'm been on the survivor to... grind I'm, I'm i'm unpracticed you never watched um second chance did you no, I didn't. I never got, I haven't yeah, seen either of their, question. I have seen both of their first wins, but neither of their second wins. So. All right. Fair. My question for you here is how many James Bond movies have there been? Is it 15, 20, 25, or 30? I, I obviously there's been a shit ton. Um, I'm just going to go high. I'm going to go 30. I'm going to go with my gut. Ooh, it's 25. 25. Wow. I know there's a lot. It's different between those two. It's yeah, like I mean, Daniel Craig. I mean, he pumped out like what five or six of them pretty quick. Uh, I think he did four: Casino Royale, Skyfall, No Quantum Time to Die, Quantum Solace. Five. I think we're forgetting one. Oh, there you go. Spectre. Okay, five, yeah. Spectre. There you yeah, go. Yeah, there you five. go. Spectre. Right. <laughs> Mina should legit just be in this competition. But uh, I don't think she knew that uh, off the top of her head. I googled that she one. That up. I googled that one. <laughs> I should have found that one. God damn it! That was a fifty-fifty guess. I just missed. I needed that point too. You really did. But, I'm uh, in the lead right now. Anyway, I don't think I'm gonna get this one. Uh, but we'll see. In the classic Star Trek 09, uh, maybe the greatest movie ever made. Uh, what formal Marvel comic actor plays the villainous Nero? Who is the time traveling Romulan who has beef with old Spock? And a hint, not that it's helpful, but my favorite line of his from the movie is Fire Everything! When you say, you said former Marvel actor, was it former at the time or was it? Yeah. Yeah. It okay. Time. So oh, someone no, who. Former Marvel comic actor, yeah. Someone who had already been in a Marvel movie. It's a great hint. It yeah, really is. It really is a great hint. So, I mean, just thinking like spider-man people uh i don't think it's i mean it's it's not you know alfred molina Could be toby. it's not it's not toby mcguire i have seen toby. it cody it's been a while um <laughs> obviously the x-men movies are basically the only other like major you know 2000 so thinking of like someone who's in one of those it's it's not Ian McKellen. It's not, you know, Charles. It's not Hugh Jackman. Huh. Yeah. Um, my guess is going to be, oh, Mina. Mina's like, oh, she knows it. She's obvious. Um, uh, bad guy, Star Trek 09. I mean, I've definitely, for, I just keep in my head, all I can picture is Malekith from Thor the Dark World. Um. <laughs> When I try and picture this character, I feel like they have a similar look. Is that would you say that's accurate, Cody? They do. Yeah, the, the pointy ears. Um, yeah, Malekith, He's probably got a more you know messed up face, but I think they both have tattoos as well. So, yeah, that's that's fair. Well, in in honor of that, I'm just gonna guess uh, Malekith, Christopher Eccleston. <laughs> Eccleston. <laughs> Tough role for that guy. It's actually Eric Bana. The Hulk. Ah, the Hulk. Eric Bana. Got that angry. My favorite, that, my like favorite it. movie of all time. Eric Eric Bana's Hulk. Yeah. Or Ang Lee's Hulk. Oh, it, it's bad. It's <laughs> like, yeah, but uh, yeah, he's kind of like he's very forgettable as as that villain, and it really doesn't look like him at all. So, shout out Eric. 
straight line though. Fire everything. Okay, yeah. I'm looking up the pictures now. I it, it really doesn't look anything like him, but no. Scary dude. True. <laughs> is that all the questions? Do you have one more for me? Or is that I, all? I got one more for you, Cody. One more, all right. Before we go to the final two, this is your chance to to either take the lead heading into the last two. So really? my, oh, wow. my question for you is name three of the four children of Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. <laughs> what is this bullshit? Uh, we got Northwest. I know that, that one. That's a stupid fucking name. Um, <laughs> the other ones, I'll, I might have to take a third of a point here. Because <laughs> I don't think I'm good. Um, did they do something else with West? That was stupid. It's like maybe. They wouldn't have done East West. I would have heard about it. All of the names are obviously are not like traditional names. I'll I'll just say yeah. that. Like River is that one? River West? That's not right. I'll go River. I think you're thinking of uh, River Phoenix. North. <laughs> Rip. Uh, north. I'll just go South too. We'll throw it out there. Maybe they did not. Uh, no, they're very opposed to all other cardinal directions besides North. Unfortunately, Cody. Um, I was just talking to Kanye before the pod and I, I actually asked him about that. And he, he said it was, they would never do anything other than uh, North, but the other options, obviously Chicago, Cody, Chicago, Chicago, uh, Chicago West. <laughs> Kanye is a big fan home, home, hometown kid, uh, Saint. And then, uh, uh the most Saint recent West. child Psalms. Psalms. He's really gone into his, uh, his religious stage here, but, yeah, Chicago, I don't know how, but I've never heard that before. So, shout out Chicago West, I'm sure, type of person. But, yeah, those are tough. That's Those are not normal names, Kanye. So, you, you're saying you want a third of a point here? <laughs> I'll take a third of a point. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Our scoring system is... So, <laughs> I will probably have to go back and, and make sure, but at this current time, I have the score as uh, 15... I'm down like three three quarters probably 15 and four sixths or 15 and two thirds to 16 and one third okay so i am down you are you are down two thirds at this current time so so i get so if, if i get this right and you get this wrong basically it basically just comes down to the next couple questions here <laughs> well said <Cody. laughs> the final two questions mina take it away okay so the final question is from a former roommate of yours and they were dylan roommates. schultz what is the largest dragon to live in Westeros, like ever. <laughs> well, oh, this is bullshit. Oh. I have no chance of getting this. Well, good thing oh, there's two questions. Oh. You could get the other one. Well, it's okay because Cody's not going to get it either. I don't know. The biggest dragon. Oh fuck! It's um, it's Drakkar. Uh, no, no, no. It's um, it's Drogon, I think. But that was Daenerys. Is there one think in this new one? Ever think ever? Yeah. Think it's a House of the Dragon one. I'm guessing, right? Yeah, probably. Oh, it's a. Uh, oh, I know what it is. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead say it, Cody. What is it's it? A, it's it's a Vagar or Vagar. Like That's that. what I was thinking too. Vagar, yeah. Yeah, yeah Vagar. <laughs> no, I I have no idea. So if it's Vagar, then you pull ahead here. Okay. So there's so I have some questions on this. Uh oh. So when I did the Google check, Vagar was mentioned, mm-hmm. but they also say Balerion, which is the answer Dylan gives. Because Vagar is like supposed to be the same size as Valerian. So well, it's probably just Valerian. They're not much wrong. It's not very surprising. <laughs> but Vagar's big. 
So is Drogon. I will say my initial Google, Vagar does pop up. That's that's what comes up for me. I'm oh. gonna say I say you should get the point. Um it, well, still I mean, even, put it in the, the other one though, right? Well, yeah. Put it in the way, you know? <laughs> uh, we got some controversy. Who's bigger? Vagar or here we go. Who which is bigger? <laughs> Vagar or Balerion? By the time of the Dance of Dragons, the death of Balerion and Mexorus, Vagar was one of the largest dragons in existence. She was said to have been as big as Balerion was himself, and only Vermitor and the Bronze Fury was close to its size. So basically, this is just saying that Vagar was just as big as Balerion. So, C- Cody, take the point. I'll take a pity point. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I feel like with uh, House of Dragon, whatever, Game of Thrones stuff, you can really just say it. Like, George R. R. Martin can say anything, and that's just canon. So, who actually knows? Probably true of most uh, intellectual property. The creator can kind of... It's like George Lucas. Yeah, but I think like he changes his mind all the time. Like, I don't know. Well, he hasn't written the books yet, so he's still got time. It's, it's, a, it's a living document. That's, that's the beauty of it, right, Cody? Wow. Okay, so you currently have the lead with that, uh, you know, questionable... Yeah, I jump frog there controversy there's some major controversy here up up by a third of a point gotta keep it interesting guys <laughs> what all a right. comeback all this right is the la- it comes down to this all right I'm gonna this also, we got a three this two one tight. this one too okay yeah, yeah. yeah i agree so the, the final two questions the final two movies so nightmare on elm street not nightmare before christmas well it doesn't matter because they're both 95s so no but it does matter <laughs> you need to think about the people in the movie okay <laughs> And the original Halloween. Okay, so mm. we're, is it higher than 95 is the question. The thing is, that's really fucking high. <laughs> well, if I'm going to go against my gut, I don't know what to do here. <laughs> the problem is, if we both guess the same thing, I can't yeah. win. But if we both think that, and then we both guess the opposite thing, then we both <laughs> guess the same thing anyway. <laughs> I'm just gonna guess. All right, Mina, give us a countdown. Three, two, one. Up. Lower. It's higher by one point. Let's go. <laughs> Cody blew it. Today's <laughs> <laughs> bullshit. All right, guys. How is really, it so high? Really looking forward oh, to to Cody talking about uh, why the Last Jedi is the greatest movie of all time for 30 minutes. But no, nah. um, I I'm, really want to make you talk about Star Trek Online. <laughs> well, I'll give you something good, but that'll come at a later date. Wow, Cody, what a close matchup. Did you think it was going to end up that way? Yeah, you know, about halfway through, I think I was down about 10 points. So, mm-hmm. so not really, but no, that ended up being uh, my little competition. It's probably good I lost just so we didn't have any, you know, Game of Thrones, you know, controversy. But uh, came down to the wire there. That was fun. And I'll say if the uh, score is wrong, I'm going to jump in here. Yeah. Oop. <laughs> There we go. Um, I'm assuming this goes right, though. So shout out to us. Uh, Good work. And uh, thanks to Mina for coming in and helping produce the episode a little bit. Not a problem. Big time shout out, Mina. Appreciate you. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, We Have a Podgorithm. Our classic category. And uh, we say that there might be some uh, updates coming to this category soon. Oh. Really? And uh, the movie that I'm pulling is going to be... The movie is Fargo. <laughs> oh, nice. Mina, do you have any thoughts on Fargo? 
You want to share? Only, there's like a movie reference or whatever. Ever seen Fargo? Like a, a TV show does that, and that's all I know from Fargo. Haven't seen it, but what TV oh, show? For, uh, this is Forty. It's a movie with Paul Rudd. It's a sequel to Knocked Up, and they're talk. He's laying in bed with his wife on a trip, and they're talking about ways they'd kill each other. And he's like, "You seen Fargo?" And he goes, "What chipper?" That's how he'd do it, and she'd kill him very slowly with the cupcakes he eats secretly. <laughs> well, Fargo. That's what I think of Fargo. Fargo. Yeah, the whichever reference. Good flow. What do you think, Cody? 30 seconds. Uh, uh, I'd say it's pretty good. I mean, I haven't seen it for a little bit. But uh, the performances specifically, I mean, Francis McDormand and uh, whatever the other guy's name is. What's that character actor's name? Uh, the shameless guy? I don't know. William H. Macy. Macy. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking John C. Riley, but no, it's, it's an H. Uh, I think he's very useful. He's kind of like this uh, car salesman who's caught up in everything and then eventually does get caught. So, fun little flick. Coen Brothers, obviously, very, very good writers. And uh, it's one I would recommend if you know. So, yeah, good one. Shout out Minnesota. I think the, the great thing about Fargo is just like, it's one of great, one of the great, you know, Francis McDormand and Coen Brother collaborations. I mean, obviously she's married to one of them. But uh, they've worked together a few different times, oh, really? notably Tragedy Macbeth recently. Uh, but obviously, Frances McDormand, fantastic actress. Also, Fargo, a TV show, which um, I've never watched it, but heard great things. And it kind of does that uh, same thing that, <clears throat> oh, what's the show? What's the fucking show that has Matthew McConaughey in it for a season? Oh, True Detective, yeah. Kind of, Kind of like True Detective, where they do like a different setting every season, I guess, similar to American Horror Story as well. Um, yeah, I think it's Chris Rock's in one of those seasons. Chris Rock, and then notably coming to uh, season five, uh, we've got uh, Joe Keery is going to be joining oh, the nice. cast, and or not season, I mean season six. Um, season five featured John Hamm and uh, Jennifer Jason Lee. Season four, Chris Rock, Jason Schwartzman. Season three, Ewan McGregor, Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Season one, Kirsten Dunst, Jesse Plemons, Kieran Culkin. Wow. A lot of great oh, actors. Wow been around like so billy bob thornton in the first one and colin hanks martin yeah. freeman that's pretty good yeah so yeah. I, i've wanted to check out fargo and i'm pretty sure you can get watch all the episodes on hulu so there you go all right and now we'll move on to our weekly recommendations i drink your milkshake i drink it up uh i watched some stuff uh i'll start off with uh she hulk because that's, that's really bad for some reason. But basically, you know, the plot to this week's episode was sort of, well, it's kind of like a therapy-based. But then, you know, it's kind of revealed at the end that this guy that she slept with, evidently he just did it to get her DNA. So <laughs> that's an interesting plot point. Not too sure if I like that. But, uh, yeah, bad joke. Anyway, also... Me and I haven't watched it yet, but you're not really spoiling <laughs> anything. No spoiler, I guess. But, uh... It's 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 a weird episode. It's uh, I wouldn't recommend it. Anyways, uh, I'm checking out season one of Amando still. So I'm running on a TV to watch. I'm almost caught up on everything. That's been okay. I just watched the uh, oh what's his name? Uh, Howard. Uh, Ron Howard. Sorry, what's his name? Bryce, Bryce Dallas Howard. Yeah, I watched her episode from season one. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of being honest, but whatever. And then I also checked out the Grand Budapest Hotel. 
Have you seen that movie, Norman? I have. I watched it on a, a plane. Oh, really? I watched it on HBO Max. I liked it a lot. Uh, Ray Fiennes, Tony Revolori, just great stuff. And Wes Anderson. That's probably, I think I do like that movie probably more than Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is kind of weird. But uh, shout out, get your hands off my lobby boy. It's my favorite line. Uh, but other than that, the big thing that I have been binging and I have been talking about on this show as well, uh, Succession. I got through the third season. And evidently, there's only three seasons. I thought there was four. But I watched pretty much the entire third season the past couple of days. It's good. It's definitely better than season two and season one. Uh, sort of the thing that stood out to me was the guest stars I thought were much, much better. Uh, this season, they got Adrian Brody to play like this uh, high-level investor. That was a great episode. And then also they got Alexander Skarsgård to play like sort of this tech CEO who's kind of buying out the company. Um, and both those episodes I thought were really, really good. And then obviously like, the main cast is is ridiculously acting-wise. And then I don't want to spoil anything, but the twist at the end of season three, it's pretty good. They are still doing the thing where they're just building up to a massive twist right at the end of the episode. Um, which, like I said before, I don't know if I love that format for first season of television, just because you're doing the same thing every season. But I think the payoff for this one was was very good, and it was a couple seasons coming as well. So we might have to get Junyan here and talk spoilers and everything. I know Corbin, you're not completely caught up, but uh, season I will three, say, if you haven't seen it, I have. I highly recommend it. Started to get back into it. I've the last couple nights. Uh, Mina was on a trip. I I watched like two episodes of the second season. So I'm, I'm getting there. I'll, I'll, we'll get there yeah. eventually and we'll, we'll do a full succession. Yeah. Season two's good. It, it's kind of just like, it's all about character growth. I think like specifically Greg and Greg, Tom, Shiv, even Roman. I mean, just like their growth into season three. Like I like the direction they took all of those characters. Ken, you know, he kind of just gets, you know, fucked over every turn. But uh, still love Jeremy Strong as an actor, but I mean, those like main four characters in season three, I think, are, are very, very, very good. So, shout out the writers. They won a lot of awards and crap for it, and deservedly so. So, definitely check it out. Yeah, um, I'm looking forward. And something interesting, um, I, I think uh, Jackson or Carter sent this to us. I think it was Jackson, um, the actor who plays Logan Roy. Um, I can't find his fucking Brian name. Cox. Brian, Brian Cox. Cox. Brian Cox said that, you know, they weren't going to continue the show on just for the sake of continuing it for later seasons. Um, so do you like that idea of maybe only doing four or five seasons if, if that's important or what do you think? I like that a lot. I mean, we, I've said this before, but with TV, it's, it's so hard to find a spot to end. And um, I think that's the hardest part about good TV is, is finding that ending point. So yeah, if they only do like one or two more seasons, like, I mean, the movie's about succession of the company. Eventually, somebody's gonna have to succeed, and, and Brian Cox will, will step down from that role. So, yep, I would expect a, a couple more seasons at least, just because of how good it is and the acclaim it's been getting. But uh, I'm definitely down if they stop after that. Kind of like Breaking Bad, like just do five and stick it. Yeah, I uh, I got a couple wrecks movie wise because I had a big movie weekend. But the first thing I want to recommend kind of tv uh you got playoff baseball coming up and i guess this is kind of a plug for my my own like monetary gain because if people watch baseball then 
in, in somewhat, I get to keep my job. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to say, uh, definitely check out some play baseball. Also, uh, Aaron judge just hit his 62nd home run. So that's pretty cool. While we were recording this, we missed it. Did I did. Um, wow. So shout out, shout out him. Just a lot of fun stuff happening in baseball right now. And I think it's actually going to be a pretty competitive postseason. I would say I would maybe 10 of the 12 teams could, you know, make a run at things. So should be pretty exciting new playoff format as well. So if you want to check out some baseball, this is definitely the time to do it. Um, and then talking movies, uh, saw a lot of movies this weekend. First, before the weekend started, I did go see the woman, the woman King, which I wanted to bring up Cody, when we were doing our AI pitch episode, um, you were pitching your movie and we were trying to figure out who should direct it. And my suggestion at the time was, Hey, why don't we get the person who directed the old guard? And you were like, I don't even know who that is. And I was like, I also don't know who that is. Funnily enough, the director of the woman King is the same person who directed the old guard. Um, so, you know, shout out the woman King, actually a pretty good movie. Um, just to get the name of that director. It is Gina Prince by the wood. I think it is a well-directed movie. It's big action set pieces. Uh, in terms of the historical accuracy and a lot of the complicated, listen, the movie deals with the slave trade and there are some decisions creatively that maybe aren't necessarily historically accurate with way the way, you know, some characters in the movie feel about the slave trade and the way things would have happened. I think you can read some great articles online about it. There's a variety article. Let me shout out um, that. There's going to be a lot of great editing here. Um, well, that's not variety. Fuck. Another question. This is bad. Um, I believe you said for uh, our Oscar episode that you we made a bet that this was Get nominated for any Oscars. You bet five dollars on it. Do you think you're going to? I think we bet twenty dollars, and oh, uh, sure. I might be owing you twenty dollars. No, uh, yeah, I think <laughs> I think so. I think, I think especially really good reviews. I think especially in the categories of like, like you said, like costuming, makeup, hairstyling, yeah. that kind of stuff. It probably will get nominations. I also wouldn't be surprised if it didn't. I do want to shout out a New Yorker article um, from Julian Lucas called "Sisterhood and Slavery in the Woman King," and it kind of details a little bit of the both historical accuracy and inaccuracy um, of the characters in the movie. Really well-written article. Um, I don't think the, the decisions they make are necessarily... It, like, movies based on true events change shit all the time. Like, we, we've talked about it in our last couple episodes about, you know, how much is different from the real life, specifically like War Dogs. So, listen, they took some creative liberties. I still think you should go see this movie. John Boyega is great. Obviously, Viola Davis is fantastic. Lashana Lynch also... Um, underrated really good in this um, obviously of Captain Marvel fame uh, yeah so I checked out The Woman King the other thing is I had a big weekend I saw six movies this weekend in New York um, I, five different movie theaters I think so I'll, I'll just run through all those and, and talk about them a little bit here so first one is, is from 1995 another Hong Kong movie from uh, Wong Kar Wai Fallen Angels that was my favorite movie of the weekend um, there's a reason they were re-showing it, um, but definitely recommend checking that out. Just funny, also just like a cool crime story. It's about essentially this guy who is a contract killer and his partner, who's a woman who like helps him basically set up the killings. Um, and then there's a third character that kind of comes in. Um, but probably my favorite thing is it's, it's set um, like the city, the way the city is shot is, is super interesting. It's a, mostly I would say the entire movie takes place at night, 
Um, and there's just some really cool cinematography of like the neon lights and in, in the city and kind of people moving like that grunt grungy city nightlife. Um, and then also like notably on the poster, there's them riding on the back of a bike, um, is also like, there's some cool shots of, of the, the motorcycle. Um, next movie I saw after that is a new release, the North American premiere of Master Gardener from Paul Schrader. And I also got to go to a Q&A with Paul Schrader, Sigourney Weaver, and Joel Edgerton. This is an interesting movie. Um, just give kind of plot. Basically, it's about a gardener, a master gardener, you might even say, with a, a troubled past. I'll say, I'll say that. And uh, the movie's okay. It's the last three films that Paul Schrader's done, First Reformed um the card counter and the master gardener basically he kind of described as like hey here are three movies about a particular profession and kind of maybe evil people working in those professions or at least people with troubled pasts to say the least so first reform he says you know is like the preacher uh the card counter is like a poker player who's done war crimes this is a gardener who has done you know some awful things in his past but uh decent decent movie apparently inside scoop the the next paul schrader movie is going to be about a uh, trauma nurse in puerto rico so straight from his mouth there's the inside scoop that's kind of cool he's, i mean I, it's kind of cool i like the concept of doing like you know type series like that just like yeah super character pieces and, but, and he's even uh, talking i mean he talked to the taxi driver is also kind of a similar thing too it's the idea of what's a, what's a you know profession that people think of taxi driver let's put a spin on that um so he's definitely yeah. done it before it's kind of like uh you know stop doing it now though like, once you do it five times but i don't know yeah i think particularly with this movie is like there's not a lot of redeeming there's not enough to redeem the character from this past that they've set up i would say um then i went and saw smile which is the new horror movie wouldn't recommend it. Uh, you're probably not too surprised by that one. Big surprise, yeah. Uh, Good marketing campaign. It's yeah. really pretty derivative of a lot of other horror movies. To me, I point to The Ring because it's like the one that's the closest that I've seen. It's very similar in story beats from like start to finish to what happens in The Ring, if you've ever seen it. Um, but instead of you watch a video and you get a phone call, you just basically see someone kill themselves in front of you and now you're cursed um is the mm. inverse um some decent jump scares the guy behind me was hiding behind his popcorn bucket the entire time like this so you know some people were scared uh after that, that I, <laughs> after that i i went and saw vesper which is probably a movie you've never heard about i hadn't heard about it um i think it was made in lithuania or at least features a lot of like lithuanian actors um but it's very similar to Annihilation. It's this like uh, a lot of like interesting mutated plants and animals and like visuals. It's it's a sci-fi. It's a slow burn. It features like this female character at the center of it. Uh, the difference is that this is more set in like a post-apocalyptic future, um, but definitely had some really cool ideas, you know, capitalism, environmentalism, um, and, and a cool like father-daughter story at the center of it as well. Um, I really enjoyed it and was made for like 5 million euros or five million pounds which and it looks incredible for for the, such a low amount of money so definitely one i would recommend checking out if you have a chance because it's like barely in any theaters maybe it'll get a bit of a wider release um moving on i also saw <clears throat> a movie called stars at noon which is the uh new firm, film from claire denis 
famed French filmmaker. She's recently made a lot of movies with Robert Pattinson, like High Life. Um, Robert Pattinson was supposed to be in this movie and then dropped out. I will say based on watching it, I kind of maybe understand why he left. They say it's scheduling conflicts, but this movie's not good. Uh, <laughs> it does feature Margaret Qualley at the center of it. She plays the, the main Manson girl in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, if you remember. Um, and she is very good. But this is essentially like an erotic romance set with the backdrop of like Central American political conflict um but like and that sounds kind of like something i'd be interested in but it's not whatsoever it like i i read run review that was like this shouldn't be like reading bits of a wikipedia page about nicaraguan <laughs> conflict like because that's kind of what like it's like it doesn't really explain the like socioeconomic political issues that are happening um it's based on this novel from the 80s where it was like in the novel, it's you know, the Contra virus is more prevalent and it's more of the like the 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 80s political unrest in, in Central America. They moved it to modern day. So it's got like a COVID kind of thing going on as well. And then also like modern day. To me, it's really not great. There's also I, I saw this and the Master Gardener film at New York Film Festival um, in the movie. The main character says, I love you for the first time, and people laughed in the audience. So that probably that's, tells that's you. That's never a good reaction. Never. never with that. Yeah, never, never good. Um, and then the, the last movie that I saw this weekend was a documentary in theaters. Cody, we talked about never seeing documentaries in uh -huh. theaters. Um, I checked out this documentary that they came, it's coming out of Sundance um, called Riotsville, USA. It's cool because it's, entirely archival footage nothing was shot new so it's all archival footage with a little bit of narration over top but it's essentially about how in the late 60s following the political unrest um particularly of like the summer of 1967 famously you know trial of chicago 7 came out um and detailed some of those riots in chicago this movie talks about leading up to those events how the u.s military built a couple of these like pseudo cities where similar to like nuke towns almost where it's like facades of buildings and they just like would come in and they would train in like to, for potential riots so they're called like these riots fills so riotsville usa there's they were built at a couple different um u.s bases the, the story i think loses a little bit in the fact that it's entirely archive archival it there is some like really stellar footage both news stuff um, and then just like a ton of footage within these riots fills that was shot, which is really great. But I think it is probably lacking a little bit of stuff that could be added. Um, but that, you know, it's a limit, like it's a small budget film and it, you know, there's, it's just a limitation of the medium they decided to, to work in. Um, but definitely, you know, learned a lot, um, about how basically our country is, is just as fucked, you know, 60 years ago as it is now. And, and not a lot has changed. Um, the big takeaway is that, um, President Johnson, following a lot of this unrest, set up something called, uh, well, he set up like a commission and it, it became known as the Kerner Commission um, because that was the main guy was, <clears throat> his name Kerner, he was the head of it. But they um, went together for a year starting in 1967. They did a bunch of research. They had a huge report. And basically the findings of the report in 1968 were like, we need to pump 
$2 billion into underprivileged communities. We need to provide education, healthcare, universal basic income for the people, particularly like black Americans in this country who are disadvantaged. And we need to work, focus on like integration and not separation. Um, none of that happened, obviously. Like it, the main reason none of it happened is because we were fighting a war that was costing the equivalent amount of money every month in Vietnam. Um, and also just like, lawmakers didn't want to spend money on poor people which again things haven't changed in 60 years but it's really it was really interesting to see that like hey like a solution like a viable solution maybe not monetarily super viable but like a solution was proposed that if we had just you know done that 60 years ago how much better would our country be right now it's a little sad um the only thing in the entire report, at least according to the movie, the only thing that they did follow through on was that the report suggested an increase in police funding across the board, across all this other increase in funding. But the only thing that was increased was police funding, which is, you know, pretty sad and I, again continues with some of the issues that we have today. Um, I think it, it's just it's hard to watch movies like this because it's like the decisions of the past or ha have so much impact on modern society. Um, I think it's important to recognize and know these things, but it, it's also really unfortunate that like something that happened 40 years before we were even born has had such like a huge effect, or I guess 32 years before we were born. But yeah, so basically I would recommend other than Stars at Noon and uh, Smile, I, I would say check out any of those movies. <laughs> Tougher Smile, but yeah, sounds like you're a long weekend then. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. <clears throat> And uh, the last thing that I want to recommend, and I'll throw it over to Mina to, to kind of finish things up, is we finished watching Only Murders in the Building uh, season two. I personally was like, I, it, was, it was the second to last episode. It wasn't working for me. I think the finale kind of turned out to be pretty good, though. So, I'll, Mina, what did you think of season two? I really liked it. I mean, I think season one was better. The problem is, is that like with a show like that, it's just going to be repeating itself every Very season. similar to Succession. Like, they got to have like a twist at the end and then lead into yeah. the next season. Um, That's like the issue with whodunits. Like that, that they're all the same, but they're enjoyable if you have the right actors. And I think that trio is just so amazing together in a strange way. Like you wouldn't have paired that, that grouping, I don't think, any other time. But it just works for the show. So I really like Only Murders. Um, while I was on my trip, we watched some older movies. So we watched Scream, which is always a classic come Halloween in October. So shout out to that. Would definitely recommend. Um, I would also recommend the new one that just came out. That one's pretty good as well. And then it came out this year. That does not feel like it came out this year, but it did earlier this year. Um, and then we watched Hot Tub Time Machine, which was the first time I'd seen that. And what a movie. <laughs> if you are, if you want just a good laugh and have no shits to give, solid movie to turn on. Um, and then other than that, I, I also watched Hocus Pocus 2. And oh. I am a lover of Hocus Pocus. Hocus Pocus 2 just made me sad. And so, like, if you if you're gonna take almost twenty years, thirty years, I don't know math, whatever. It was made in 1993, and it's 2022. They wait a long ass time to make a sequel. Is what I'm getting at here. 
you should do better is all I got to say. And it just did not do better. So don't watch it. Yeah. If, if Mina's <laughs> saying don't watch Hocus Pocus 2, I would, I would definitely take that recommendation. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take a word for it. All right. Well, we got through it, guys. Mina, thank you again for coming on. I uh, really appreciate your help on this episode. And uh, Cody, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the episode you have to do. Me too. Yeah, no, this was a fun one. Definitely appreciate me having on. But uh, I'll be back anytime. I like knowing the answers that you guys don't. <laughs> <laughs> True. So the next trivia, you're gonna have to be got it. I think you would have done a lot better. But yeah. we can do definitely a fun episode. We'll just do maybe next time we'll invite people on and we'll be the hosts, Cody. Yeah, so we don't so dumb. I like that a lot more. Y'all should do like a family feud. Bring on your separate friends and have those go ahead and have oh, I tell you what, I there's an idea I already have, so <laughs> all over it. So sorry. <laughs> You're spoiling things. All right. Thanks for listening. A little bit of a longer episode. You're not here. Goodbye. Peace. Hey, Gavin. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response. Were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought? Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul.